introducing the proprietor of Punishment Week. His sick, twisted, warped little mind gets his jollies off of watching others suffer. He laughed at the end of Braveheart. He is Glenn Clark. Yeah, where is it? Where's the watermelon? Oh, it's right it's here. It's right there. here. It's, I don't know if that's enough watermelon. It's an entire half a watermelon. Let me see it. Let me see. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm I like that we're, that we're starting the show off with let me see it. Yeah, exactly right. You heard what I said. I said what I said. You're quitting anyway. Who cares? Um, today is the day. Paul lost the... Oh, okay. All right. All right. That is, uh, that's a healthy amount of water. The, the problem with that, though, is that we're either going to need to cut it... I got, I got a spoon and a fork. I'm just going to scoop. But then we need to keep reapplying mustard. That's fine. But this is going to get messy over there, doing it that way. No, man. That's why I wanted a bowl. I wanted a big old bowl to contain it in. I got a delicate touch, my man. Nah, we got to be careful about this. There's a lot of of expensive equipment that uh, that we can't... I'll I'll leave it in its casing. Eh, It'll be all right. It doesn't really fit. All right, all right. It's right there. Yeah, but it doesn't give us the, uh, the visual that we need here. The point is that we need vi- we need this to be a visual medium. As I can, can show them the we do a really we do a really good job of uh, of uh, pre preparing these things, as you can tell. I was gonna bring a bowl. Yeah, but that would have been good. It was just I, I did say a giant bowl of watermelon was the idea. That was the that was the well. Concept isn't the watermelon? It's it, it's like when people say, "No, I don't need a glass in my beer. It's already in a glass." What? When you when somebody orders a bottle of beer at a uh-huh. restaurant, and you say, "Would you like a glass?" and they say, "No, no, no it's I already in a glass." Right. No, I, I understand. The watermelon's what you're already in a bowl made out of watermelon. Well, I I know the most glorious thing I ever saw. Easy, 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 <laughs> easy. I know what you're saying. What I'm saying is that we also have to think about the mess that we're leaving behind, particularly given the the seat that you're sitting in. I will not leave a mess. That's the issue here. So, all right, let let me let me take two steps backwards. Today's show brought to you by. Uh, the Baltimore Police join a proud new generation. The Baltimore Police make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. Here's what's coming up on the program today. A little bit later on this hour, we're going to go out to Cleveland. Our buddy Gerard Cherry, the three-time Super Bowl champ, he is going to join us. We will chat with him about one Jarvis Landry. Is he a fit for the Baltimore Ravens? There's some rumblings. The Ravens are interested. By the way, did you just get regular French's mustard? Yes. Just regular ass, normal French's mustard. You didn't try to get get cute there, right? No, I didn't try to get cute. Right, I just, right, it's I not even French's. It's store brand. Ooh, store brand. Even better. Um, I want you to know that the cubed watermelon, I tried to buy a giant thing of that. That was $17. This half a well, watermelon. It's probably, it's probably good mo- watermelon. This, this half a watermelon cost me 6 bucks. Well, it was 99 probably, cents a it pound. It was probably good watermelon. It would have been better for visuals. You should have. Uh, you should have considered. You're leaving for a big boy job here in a minute. You got. You got seventeen dollars. Yeah. I'll have seventeen dollars as long as. Uh, hang on a second. Who do I need to have not screw up today? I need to have. I need to have Felix Agir Aliasim not screw up today, and then I'll have seventeen dollars. Uh, although I won't really, because I got to make back what I lost in all the parlays that included the Warriors last night. Jesus Christ. What the? All right, anyway, I'll save that conversation for another day. Um, later on this morning, our buddy Mike Bordick will join us. We'll talk some Orioles with him. It'd be really nice if we could, you know, get some confirmation that Adley Rutschman is playing on Monday. And the closer we get without said confirmation, the more I start to think to myself, is he? 
I just got three tickets for the game. He better be. Yeah, I well, I got tickets too, and they're gonna they're gonna end up uh, they're gonna be very empty if there's no Adley Rodgers because I am not driving down to the ballpark on Monday. It's supposed to rain on Monday night. I'm not driving down to the ballpark on Monday night for a rainy Monday night game that may or may not even be played if Adley Rodgers isn't involved. I don't understand it. I don't really understand at this point why you wouldn't just go ahead and announce it and try to you know get a little uh, get a little action there. People are talking about next Friday night because it's a Friday and you can drive a, a big crowd the way that you did with Matt Weeders once upon a time. And somebody said something about there being a 30th anniversary celebration on Friday. Like I had not heard that. The 30th anniversary celebration is on August 6th. That's what I was to understand. So I don't. There are people talking about. I will straight up murder if. He hang on, a second. You're, you're, you're settle down. The 30th anniversary celebration that you're talking about is the one that they're doing in lieu of a Hall of Fame this year with the Orioles advocates. Um, the, there's not. They've, they've done this a few times, right? Like, And this is the one that the everybody got hot and bothered about related to Adam Jones is the one that they're doing, and that's the traditional time where they do the Hall of Fame is in early August, and that's when they'd be doing this. But so, I, like on Twitter all day yesterday, people were talking about there being some sort of event next Friday with a Rays game related to the th- – I was like, I don't know anything about this. This is new. This is something people are just spitballing out there. So I know nothing about that. All I know is it would be really effing nice. I, 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 I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. If there's something that they wanted to see Adley Rutschman do physically before calling up to the big leagues and he hasn't done it yet, that's a, a different conversation. But I don't understand why he would have been called up to triple a so quickly this was just a rehab assignment it seemed like it didn't need to be as long as it was but it kind of timed out that like hey you know you want to have him do double a triple a and then the big leagues and you want to wait till the big league team is home like you could definitely have him come up this weekend and you would presume he'd be ready to play but you don't want to do that while they're on the road so i'm more than a little confused as to why you wouldn't announce it I'm, j- I'm just being as honest as i possibly can maybe they will announce it after the pipeline game tonight oh this afternoon yeah yeah so that's a 12 they're doing a game that's going to be on mlb tv i don't i don't really know what the significant I'm, I'm not trying to poo poo that but like I, I, that's for a very niche very small audience right right like i get it it's if you got nothing to do this afternoon you're gonna have the opportunity to sit around and watch Adley Rutschman um, and Grayson Rodriguez on MLB TV. I think there's another weird question. Are do you have to pay for all other minor league games? I just don't know the answer to this question. Like if I want to watch, a, there's M, there's MLB TV. If I want to watch the Norfolk Tides, it's the rest it, of the year. I got to pay for it. It's fifty bucks, but if you use um, the code, I think it's if you use Base Socks or Bowie Base Socks, yeah. you get it for like thirty bucks. Okay, but that still, I, I I'm. I don't really care about this, but your major league teams, minor league games should be included in your cable package. If I'm paying for Masson, mm-hmm. I should also be able to watch all of the minor league teams games on MLB TV. If I have MLB TV, I should be able to get it. hundred percent. Uh, you should be able to get that. I, that it's something that I'll, it's not for today, but it's for another day. But and, yeah, and- for the record, the, uh-huh. the, there is a promotion on May 20th. It's an Orioles tumbler, the first 10,000 Yeah, fans. but that's not what people were talking about. They were talking I just about something else. Up the only thing is August 6th. Is there something unique? Is it a, 
is the Tumblr, what does it look like? Uh, I don't People know. were talking about there being an anniversary thing. On the th- and that I, I know nothing about that. That's why it was so confusing to me. This is what Twitter was doing weird things yesterday. We're all struggling because we all are trying to figure out if we should buy tickets to this game on Monday or not. And it's a logical assumption when you were up for the first day of the week at the AA level and then you were going to be up for the first day of the week at the AAA level. It, everybody seemed to think it would work out. Now, it also was always odd to me that you would use a Yankees game as the first game for Adley Rutschman. And I said that the first time, um, you know, the uh, Ken, I remember being over when I was, when I was onboarding uh, again at, at Odyssey Baltimore. I was in on a meeting that uh, Ken Weinman and Jason Lockenfoy were having with the boss over there. And they were going on about how they're definitely going to broadcast downtown next Monday night because they had been convinced all along that that was the day where Adley Rutschman. And I remember mm-hmm. looking at Ken just because I like Ken. Ken and I have been friends for a while. I look at Ken, I'm like, you really think they're going to use it on a Yankees game? Because this was back a month and a half ago that he was saying this. I'm like, you really think that's the, the game? And I was always a little bit suspect about that. I was always a bit suspect about the idea of a Yankees game being the game when you do this just because... There's a in, there is some sort of crowd that comes out for a Yankees game. You don't necessarily need it for a Yankees mm-hmm. game. Whereas, you know, maybe for a Rays game, it would make a bit more sense. There is no crowd that comes out for a Rays it's game. A fr- it's a Friday night, and that's like the, I. But then we go back to the Weeders thing, where like when you did it with Matt Weeders, you damn near had a sold out stadium on a Friday night. Yeah. Like damn near had a complete. And and as I think Drew rightly pointed out yesterday, you do this on Monday. You're going to get a crowd, but you're not, just the simple fact that it's a Monday, you're not going to get a sellout. You're not going to get a 40,000 person crowd. I mean, if Glenn Clark is willing to go. Boy, it is, it is. Well, I also, I was given tickets for what it's worth. I didn't. Now, I would have. Shrewd business. I I would have. I would have paid for my tickets if I did not have the option. If somebody hadn't offered me tickets, I would have paid for my tickets to go on Monday. Mm hmm. But I would have waited until they announced it and then paid for my tickets. I wouldn't have. I only procured tickets ahead of time because I had the. I someone I know who has tickets. I said, and I just happen to know doesn't go to a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I said, "Are you planning on going on Monday?" And they were like, "No." Mike, why don't you pass those on over to your friend, your pal Glenn? Why don't you go ahead and pass those on over? Because then I won't feel bad if Adley Rutschman doesn't play mm. about me not using the tickets. Because they weren't going to be used anyway, right? Like, I won't feel all that bad about it. It worked out quite well for your boy. But still, I'm I'm planning to go to a baseball stadium on a Monday night. I live in bum F. I got two kids. I don't want to do this. But I'm willing to because I want to be a part of the event. I want to be a part of the experience. I want to be, you know, I, I want to do all that. So I just... Yeah, um, could your theory about hey they want to let MLB have their promotion of this game today and get some attention and you know maybe it'll be part of that like hey make sure you're tuned in because there might be an announcement at some point maybe maybe so it's possible la- last week and I get why they did it because of the weather they announced on Thursday that Rutschman and Hall were going to Norfolk the week right. before that I think they announced it on Friday that they were going to Bowie. Um, so maybe this is just the time in the week. I expect to, if they're going to announce his debut. Right. Well, they weren't. They weren't going to. And as I said before, they weren't going to announce that he would, that they were moving. That wasn't. That was only. That literally weather, had but nothing. The week, but the week nothing before. other than weather. But that was just the start of a rehab assignment, right? Like it wasn't planned out at a certain. Like, well, no, but that, he was already in Aberdeen. He'd already begun his rehab assignment. 
So when he was already in Aberdeen, to go from Aberdeen to Bowie. Yeah, they announced that like on a Thursday or Friday. I mean, I don't, I don't remember exactly what day it was, but I, I think we had all seen. Hey, based on when these teams are home, yeah, like they're not going to send Adley Rutschman to 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 Mahoning Valley or whatever. I don't even know what the cities are now, and because the, they're in the Eastern League, they're not in the old league, the the New York Penn League they used to be. And I don't remember, I don't remember where Aberdeen would have been going mm-hmm. that week. But they, we all knew he wasn't going to Wilmington. He wasn't going to. Coney Island or right. whatever it was. It was just whoever was going to be home. It timed out the right way that it was going to be home game, home game, home game. The only reason that got screwed up was because of the weather, because we didn't know if Bowie was going to be able to play games, and they didn't want to have Adley Rutschman sitting around not playing baseball games, so they sent him to Nashville for a couple of days right. before he came back to play in Norfolk. But if there had been no rain last weekend, they would have had Adley Rutschman stay in Bowie for the weekend. It's just the way that it worked out. I, look, man, I'm not. This is not that big of a deal in the end. Adley Rutschman's going to be in Baltimore sooner or later. I know Dan Connolly wrote about it at the Athletic today. Um, unfortunately, Dan was a little bit busy. I did reach out to him, but he's a little bit busy. Or we reached out to him. I didn't. I, I have. I have. I have people. You can um, take credit for that. No, I, I certainly did. I don't, it's a dumb thing to take. I'm just lying. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> is I'm just lying. Um, we reached out to him, but he's busy today, and we understand that. Um, it's just weird. It's just weird that you have this opportunity to market something, and you're not aggressively doing it. Right. And again, like the thing that we talked about with Weeders, where it could be that they announced on Sunday that it's a Friday. Sure, that it could it could definitely be that, and then you would build up an entire uh, like a Rutschman week, right, where everybody's. But why? Why? Why do that? Why does he need to be at AAA any longer? This kind of starts going back to the thing that we talked about at the beginning of the season where all of the other prospects were there mm-hmm. on day one. Now, maybe it's a bit ironic that some of those guys are struggling, right? Like Maybe there's some irony in the fact that Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez and those guys are just not, they're not off to great starts of the season. But... There's, there's nothing more to prove. Th- this is it. He didn't need any more time in the minor leagues. He only needed a rehab assignment. How long of a rehab? This is a, we're three weeks of a rehab assignment. And I know that part of that was like kind of making up spring training because he missed it all together. But I, like, at this point, it's almost concerning if you don't have him here on Monday. Mm-hmm. Even if it's because you think that Friday is a better day to do this, like... Not to mention, you've already got the entire fan base talking about Monday. You might as well just announce that it's Monday. It's a little bit the, the fan base has all been talking about Monday, but I'd also say the other part of it is you you run the risk of like losing more games between now and then. Mm-hmm. If you had announced it two nights ago when the team had won seven of their last ten games, you could have really like generated buzz in town. You run the risk, if you're holding it out till Friday, of... You're losing again today. You're losing two out of three in Detroit. And now, like the buzz is all gone away. And like, I'm not saying that they, it wouldn't. It'll still be a big deal that Adley Rutschman is making his first appearance in Baltimore. I assure you, it'll still be a big deal. But it won't come with the same kind of buzziness of a team that was playing good baseball at the moment. Like that was the moment. Having won seven out of ten for you to be like, hey, why don't we go ahead and make an announcement mm-hmm. before we run the risk of them losing a game ten to one. Before that occurs, do I have to do a minute on that game? There's nothing to say. Uh, about man, that we game. do it. That's part of the bit. You can. We're gonna have to do a minute of uh, eating watermelon here in a second, anyway. So we'll, we'll worry about that later. Um, I just—it's very weird. It, everything about it is very weird. 
they certainly, maybe they've got some other things they're trying to plan around this and trying to make a big, I don't know, but it would be, it would just be nice. It would just be nice for people around the casual fan that wants to create a sort of second opening day would like to know, hey, can I buy tickets? And by the way, every moment those goes by is another chance for a Yankees fan to buy the ticket for Monday night's game. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to be Monday night, fine. I also, I do think at some point as an organization, you you kind of have an obligation to say, hey, we see you guys are all planning on Adley Rutschman on Monday. We need to let you know that's not going to be the case. That, yes, it's not your fault that everybody's assuming that it's Monday. You didn't, you never said, hey, be here on Monday night. But once you notice that it's kind of overwhelming that everybody is assuming something, if you know that's not the case, I think it would behoove you as an organization to do the right thing by your fans and say, hey, we'd still love to have you out for the game on Monday, but we don't want you to be bamboozled. We don't want you to feel like you've been rope-a-doped, bait-and-switched. There's not going to be an Adley Rutschman on Monday. So we just need to let you know that it's not happening Monday. We'll make an announcement about when it is, but it's not Monday. Just so your fan base feels as though they're in on it a little bit. It's such a small thing to do is to try to be as honest as possible with your fan base when you have something that's significant that people seem to care about. All right. I agree. They should have made an, If they weren't going to do it, they should have let us know by now. Uh, either way, I think they should have let us know by yeah. now. Either way, at, th- at this point, we're... We're four days out. I'd expect an announcement today one way or the other. Like, we're four days out. Say something. Say something. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be too critical. I'm not trying to... They, they don't have an obligation, but they also know what's going on. They do. They know what's going on. They know the fever. They know the interest level in this. They understand it. And why it might not be a common business practice to announce when someone's rehab assignment is going to end and they're definitely going to be at the major league level. For this case, it would be the right thing to do from a business standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, to be a bit more aggressive than you typically are when it comes to things like this. So I, we're four days out. Whatever the answer is, just let people know. Just say today... In whatever way you want to say it, have Mike Elias do a pregame interview on Mass in the Night and say, you know, I know a lot of people are, are, are wondering if Adley Rutschman's going to be there on Monday. We're not quite ready for that yet. There's a few more things we want to see from him before we call him up. We just want you guys to know um, we hope to see you out at the ballpark. We're going to have a great series against the Yankees, but we don't want you guys to assume that Adley's going to be there and, and then be disappointed. Do whatever you want to do it. Don't, don't take responsibility or blame because it's not your fault, but just recognize that there is a fever related to this and work with your fan base. Allow them the best opportunity to make decisions that they want to make. And if the answer is, well, we really want to get a lot of people, we want to sell a lot of tickets to Monday, but you also want to sell a lot of tickets to Friday, so we don't really want to tell people that Adley's not going to be here because that could sell us some more tickets, and then we can announce that the game is on Friday. That's shameful. That's a jerk move. That's shameful. That's horrible business. That's the type of thing that looks good on paper for a second and then gets people to say things like, same old Orioles. This is why I can't get back on board. So I, and I have no reason to think that's what they're doing. 
And I certainly, I sure as hell hope that's not what they're doing. But at some point, it's, it's time to say something. We're close enough. It's time to say something. It's not quite the same as going from Bowie to Norfolk. I bet there were people that bought tickets to the Bay Sox last week and that were bummed out when they found out that Adley was going to be gone after the assumption had been that it was going to be a week. It's a bummer. But it's, it's triple-A baseball. Double-A baseball. And I'm not trying to be dismissive. I love the Bay Sox. We all know that. But this is a major... This requires planning. This requires... This is not going to a community ballpark. You got to plan your night around it. This requires a little bit more effort, thought, preparation. Just need a little bit more on that side when it comes to this. It's just... This is about doing the right thing. This is a unique opportunity. Let's do the right thing. And let's let people know, one way or the other, what's going on for Monday. And if the answer is, for whatever reason, it's, it's a physical thing. Remember, there was the, what, he took a line drive the other day from um, it didn't Kyle hit, Stowers. It didn't hit him. It didn't hit him? No, it was... Uh, That's Kyle, the way I read, Kyle, was that it hit him. I didn't hear that it hit him. I, the, what I read was that he... Um, Kyle Stowers was took a full batting practice swing while Rutschman was in the middle of the no, field. I, I, I thought it read that. Hang on a second. Uh, I don't, okay, all right. I guess it doesn't say that it hit him. I think that was the way that it it read. It's a really wor- strangely worded tweet. It's a mm-hmm. strangely worded tweet. Um, if there is something physical that, like, it, that's the reason why you don't know what the date is, be honest about that. Just be, on, be as honest as you possibly can about this situation. Here's what's going on. Here's the situation. We actually don't know yet because it's more about Adley and, and just making sure he's 100% physically ready to be here and stay here. So we're just going to give it a little bit more time to make sure of that. Be honest. I, and you, Maybe you're worried that would create panic and people would say like, oh, what's is something terrible... Just be as honest as you possibly can with your customers, your consumers, your fan base. At this point, it's the best thing you can do. All right, we're gonna. Uh, I gotta come up with a plan for how we're gonna do this because when we come back in, Paul's gonna start eating his watermelon. Um, for those that don't remember, we do a draft draft every year, and I just kicked the boys' asses in this year's draft draft. Five of my first ten picks ended up being Ravens draft picks. It was. A historic performance from your boy. You did take David Ajabo right before I was about to take him, and I did get as many people that are on the Ravens right now as Ken Zalas did. I mean, that wasn't the game, Paul. I know. That wasn't. But I said, I, he yes, Paul agreed. included Josh Ross on his list. But And by the way, I thought it would have been the right thing to do for Ken to eat some watermelon, too. It's really weird that he didn't show up he today. He said, no, we got, really, we got a softball really game. Strange, at, really you know, strange how that worked out. Four o'clock this afternoon, yeah. he can't be here yeah, for 10 a.m. really strange show. how that worked out, that he couldn't, couldn't show up this morning. Um... So I got I, I was incredibly safe because I just I nailed it. This is the greatest I've ever done as far as a draft draft was concerned. Ken was saved by Charlie Kohler, who will go down, I think, probably as Ken's favorite draft pick in Ravens history because it was the one that saved him. Paul, as he predicted, to be fair, went over 30. Went over and you had the number one pick, correct? Yeah, I took and you Jordan took Jordan Davis. Davis, who went one pick before. And then the Eagles trade up. I said, you bastards. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Might very well have been a Baltimore though, Ravens. Though EDC says that they were taking Kyle Hamilton if he was there. But you have to say these Well, somebody team. else might have. Yeah, correct. What else are you going to say? Also, it's possible that whoever was at 13 was going to take Kyle Hamilton. Right. So 
It's kind of a moot point, right? Who knows? But so Paul went over, and so he was the loser. And because of that today, he was supposed to wear a Tommy Bahama shirt. I totally he forgot. botched that. So we're going to make him do that part tomorrow. While, uh, by the way, Andrew Steck is consuming this tarantula. Steck has said he also shipped me uh, the uh, back waxing stuff. I, uh, Steck, I have not seen it yet, pal. I'm just Is being honest. that big box that's been sitting outside the door? There's a box sitting outside the door? There was a big, tall box sitting outside the door for like a week. Nah, it wouldn't have been for a week. He shipped it like last Friday. Hmm. Or he had it shipped last. He bought it like last Friday. So it wouldn't have gotten here until... Maybe he gets here today. I, I'm hoping it does. I'm right at the same time the Orioles if, announced Adley Yeah, Rushman. Adley Rudgeman. But uh, he's going to consume his tarantula tomorrow. So while while Andrew's doing that, Paul's going to wear his Tommy Bahama shirt, chef's hat, and apron, is which the is chef's confusing. Hat still here? I don't know if it's still here or not. You did, can look for did it. Did you give it to Kyle? I I think as a gift, gift it might have been. I, I might have let, and I'm going to guess it just got thrown away. I'm Probably. just going to. If I know Kyle, he just tossed it in the trash. I'll bet Kyle has a Glenn Clark Radio shrine. I don't in think his that's the case. I don't even know. I gave him a very nice gift on the way out. Like I gave him a very thoughtful plaque and everything, and I'm going to guess that might have been tossed in the trash. Yeah, that's correct. And a handsome T-shirt. A very thoughtful gift giver. You have not been here quite as long as, yeah, as I Kyle was. I don't. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be quite the same. It might be more like uh, maybe some charcuterie or something. Who doesn't enjoy? It? But for us to share, not for uh, you. I was going to say the wife loves charcuterie. Yeah, no, 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 no. She uh, eats the whole thing. Yeah. Well, who doesn't love charcuterie? Um, so he'll do that part tomorrow. Today he's going to eat his watermelon. The watermelon, for whatever reason, there is this internet thing where people are covering their watermelon in mustard. Some people swear it's a thing. It works. It sounds grotesque to me. And either way, we're going to have Paul eat a lot of it so that even if he happens to enjoy it at first, it, that will hopefully go away. We just got to figure out a way that we can uh, make this a bit less messy over there because we do have a lot of equipment. So that's coming up. Paul's going to eat his watermelon. That's next. Today's show is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. It is the place to be for the playoffs, for all of the major events coming up, including the PGA Championship, as well as the uh, Javante Davis, Rolando Romero fight, the UEFA Champions League final, you're going to want to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. They'll be showing the Preakness in there. Of course, you unfortunately, can't bet on it. You can only bet on the, the horse races at the tracks in Maryland. But everything else you can bet on with all of the prop bets available, 61 self-service kiosks. I hope you didn't bet the Warriors last night. God! So it's safe to say they didn't come out to play? Not remotely. It's one of the biggest blowouts in NBA history. Um, anyway, the moral of the story being the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Paul eats his watermelon. Next, Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip 
That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number no. 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. I feel like my grandmother right now. I'm having Paul put down the, the, the you know, protect, protect that. Now we're going to put some plastic over the couch. We're not. We got to do this safely. We got to do this the right way. It's All right. Uh, it is. It is. It is that time. We're going to talk about Jarvis Landry here in a few minutes with Gerard Cherry from out in Cleveland. But before that, we're going to start having Paul. It's, he's not going to do all of it, obviously, in these next ten minutes. But he's going to start consuming his watermelon. Let me see your store bought uh, uh, mustard. Boy, that is that is some low rent looking mustard. Just yellow. They literally don't even bother to try. It. They just call it yellow mustard. That's it. They don't even give it like a fun name. Like I don't even I don't even know what I would call it if I was trying to come What's up with a Giants store brand. I don't name? know. I don't know. We don't. They don't. They don't sponsor us. We don't care about them. Um, so just some yellow ass mustard that Paul has brought in to now. This is the deal because of the way you're doing this. You're going to do the first layer, then after you eat a little bit, you're going to have to relayer. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to have to be a constant relayering of mustard. This is why we probably should have cut this thing. Um, there will have to be consistent relayers of mustard. I'm guessing there's a little tab that needs to be pulled on that. Uh, I already took it off. Oh, you already took it off. Very good. So, Paul is currently covering the watermelon in mustard. And again, it's got to be an unhealthy amount. Uh, all right, all right. We'll take a look at that. Now, let me get a picture of this. Let me get a picture of what's going on here. This would have been a good day to have an intern. We should have had somebody come in today. Uh, hang on a second. Oh, God, that looks terrible. Oh, that just looks disturbing. 
Right, how do you feel about mustard in general, Paul? I'm a mustard guy. Okay. I like mustard. Regular-ass mustard? Just regular, normal-ass, yellow I li- mustard? I like regular mustard. I like Dijon mustard. I like honey mustard. I like spicy brown. Mm-hmm. I love spicy brown right. mustard with pretzels. All right. I want you to uh, pull out a bite, and then I'm going to have you hold it up, and we'll take another picture as we do this. Hang on a second. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll create my own um, video. Beyond what we're doing on Facebook and YouTube, you got to hold it up for the the YouTube cameras, and then I'll take a look. What are you expecting here? Nastiness. Y- Just you, overall you don't think there's nastiness. any chance that you're going to take a bite and say, you know what? There's like a three percent chance. That I I'm get like why this. it is that people enjoy this. So here it is. Bon appetit. First bite. Bon appetit. Here we go. There was not a a an immediate gag reflex that I noticed. It was not, you, you didn't feel like, it doesn't seem like you were going looking to go uh, puke or anything like that. It seems like... The watermelon cancels out the mustard. So what? So what is it? It just tastes like watermelon. What do you mean it just tastes like watermelon? I'll try another bite, but so far... Then we just... need more mustard. <laughs> we need, then clearly there's not enough mustard here. We're going to need more a... mustard involved. I don't know what to make of this. I don't care for this. There, there, there should be some sort of combination. I mean, you can taste the mustard, but the watermelon really waters it down. Oh, God. This is very disappointing. This is very disappointing. God. It's still a large amount. Like, when Sasha Banks was, like, gagging, I was like, all right, this isn't going to be fun. You don't really... The overwhelming flavor is watermelon. But, Glenn, I have to eat a large I know it's a lot of it. I understand that. And that's why, like, we're still going to get to a point where there's a chance that you might die. And that that's good for everybody, obviously, is that we get to that not place. My wife, at least I hope not. I don't have a good life well, insurance I mean, policy. I don't, I don't have a life insurance you shouldn't, policy. I'm not going to tell you what I heard. I'm not going to tell you anything about that. You just look like you're a man sitting around eating some watermelon today. And that, that now it disturbs me to the point where I, I feel like I need to know. I got an extra fork here. I'm going to cut you off a piece. God damn it. I don't care for this at all. This is really bothering me. This is this is a huge letdown. I'll be honest with you. This is a massive letdown. All right. What am I doing here? All right. Here we go. Watermelon and mustard. And mustard is gross, but I understand your point. You're getting more watermelon than you are mustard. It is an unpleasant com- combination, though. There's zero reason why any human being would choose to do this. Like, there's just no... There's nothing... Unless you just hate sweet, and like you're trying to figure out a way that you can consume watermelon without it being sweet, and so like you need something to counteract it, there is absolutely zero reason why any human being... And I don't even know how this started. I don't know who the first person was that said, I know what I'm going to do with my day. I'm going to douse a watermelon in some mustard. But short of just having, like, you're, you're forced, you're a child who's being forced to eat watermelon. And why would that be the case? Watermelon is delicious. Children love watermelon. You say that. My, my, my idiot seven-year-old does not. Um, he's just terrified of anything. Fair, he's, fair an, enough. he's an idiot. Um... But short of that, and saying, like, I just hate sweet things, so I need something to counterbalance the sweetness of the watermelon, 
There is this adds nothing. It is it's unpleasant. It's not I don't understand. Now I don't I'm, even find it unpleasant. Uh, now, see, now you got a problem. I don't find now, it this pleasant. Is a, this is a bigger I, problem. I'm not it's, like, unple- it's unpleasant. It's because you just want to taste watermelon, and you're getting something else, and that's counterintuitive to the idea of eating. No, you never do this. You would never sit around and eat anything oh, else. Oh, I would never watermelon. choose to do this. Um, it's it's not just that it's going to be a no for me, dog. It's that I the internet. Y- y'all got to get your act together. Anyone who's choosing to do this has a problem. Seek help. You ever had a kid like growing up when you're in elementary school and it'd be like a, a pizza day in the cafeteria? There was a kid who like covered their pizza in mustard. No. Yo, they, we had a kid. I try to think of what the kid's name was. This is that. This is just ugh, nothing. There's nothing there. If it's any consolation, it's getting worse. Well, you've eaten more now. Now yeah. there comes the part where thankfully. I did not get the first payoff of this, which was the disturbing nature of the taste, but I presume I will get the payoff of the total amount of food that you have to consume when it comes to your watermelon and mustard as this goes on. Uh, don't this forget, is a lot of watermelon. Don't forget you need to reapply. I know. You I, need to, you need to, it, it's I'm a, eating the first a, layer. SPF 50, my friend. Like We need to be reapplying. There need to be plenty, plenty of uh, reapplications. Of watermelon and mustard throughout the course of today's show. Look, I'm not, I am not, admittedly, I'm not getting the payoff that I wanted to get from this. I wanted this to be Paul, bleh, I wanted that. And I'm not getting that. He's, he's, no, he's a no-selling son of a bitch. It's like Brian Powell when Brian Powell came in here and ate that the, with 19 ounces of Chick-fil-A sauce in all of about three minutes. It was just like, I'm good. No problem. Creep. Um, this is a no-sell. But I think the totality of it, and again... At some point, because of just the massive, the, the volume of this, yes, and the amount of mustard, because nobody should consume, um, only my Uncle Mike, who we actually call Uncle Mustard, because oh. of how much he loves mustard, he goes through like one of those gallon jars Is he the type of person that eats the crab mustard? Because those, to me, are the people that are the most disturbing humans my on the face of the planet. My dad does that, too. Yeah. We need to talk to the Dr. Valley about that. That's disturbing. Mm-hmm. You have a problem, sir. I told you, my dad also eats the peanuts in the shell and the shrimp in the shell. What? Yeah. I'm not so sure. I've done sure. the peanuts in the shell. It's not terrible. I'm not so sure I'm comfortable with, with him being a doctor. I just got to be honest about this. He's been one of Baltimore's top, top doctors. That's fine. I just feel like, like times. on the medical like exam that you take in order to get your doctorate, these should be things that you have to. Do you take the shell off your shrimp before you eat it? Yes or no? And I didn't learn this about is, him until his 60th birthday. It's disturbing. That is really he disturbing. He asked to try one of my that shrimps. Is, he said they looked delicious. He is. ate the shrimp in the shell and got the shrimp himself based on that. John from Little Rock, it's just salty melon. It's dumb and it's a waste of mustard. The people who suggested this are stupid. I, you know what? In general, I find yellow mustard to be a waste of mustard. Now, that being said, there are things. Like if I'm somewhere and we're having, it's my only option is yellow mustard, I'll do it. But there's just so many better versions of mustard. A nice jalapeno mustard. The stadium mustard from out in Cleveland is delicious. Just a normal-ass yellow mustard stinks. This is a waste of all of it. It's a waste of all the above. It's a waste of the mustard and... And... It's a waste of wonderful water. Watermelon is a perfect food. Watermelon is a goddamn summer treat. Your life is so much better. Remember being a kid... 
and somebody coming out uh, home with a watermelon and it was just going to be the happiest day of your life. You get a giant slice, you shove it in your face, there's seeds everywhere, you're spitting them at your buddies. The joy of that still exists. It still permeates to this day. But it's taken away when you ruin it with watermelon. And no, John from Little Rock, you should be ashamed of outing yourself as also being a crab mustard person. That is not... The dude, dude, the mustard and steamed crabs is life. You aren't a true Baltimorean if you don't crush this. That's not correct. That is not accurate. It's literally gut fluid. It's, it's like bowels. It's, it's like you're eating crap. And and it's typically watered down and ends up like making the meat gross and damp and and just no good. Stop. Oh God, no is the answer. Eternally, no. On the crab mustard. All right, you got to. You're gonna have to pause for a second because we got to call Gerard Cherry. I got plenty of napkins over it's there. It's getting worse. I, I, I'm happy to hear that. I do need. To, I need you to know. I'm happy to hear that. Oh, I know you are. You sick yeah. son of a I bitch. Am, I am happy that you are more miserable. We, the idea of this is that you're gonna be miserable. Paul still also later on the show has to uh, perform uh, uh, "Thunder" by the Imagine Dragons as uh, we were honoring the fact that the draft was in Vegas. All right, today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Yeah, you know what, Chris, I am too. Disappointed that it uh, didn't uh, get the guttural. I really wanted the guttural, guttural reaction. I absolutely... You didn't turn your microphone on. You gotta, you gotta do that. You might get that eventually. Yeah, but I wanted it to be guttural. I wanted it to be like literally the first thing was just Ugh. like that's what I wanted. I don't think there's ever been anything that I've eaten that's made me do that. What? Ever? Have you just not like tried gross things with your buddies ever? I have, and nothing's ever. Ma- I mean, the f- initial reaction is I might make a face, but I've never. The only thing that ever made me do that was I was at a New Year's Eve party and I had a there was a shot of J- I didn't know where I put my shot of Jameson and I found one and I thought it was mine and I threw it back and there was something hard ah well that'll in, definitely in, do it and I immediately started dry heaving yeah, that that will that's uh, I think that's the only time I can remember where my reaction was just Ugh. that that will definitely do it all right we will uh, continue to monitor Paul and his uh, his mustard watermelon throughout the course of the morning uh, the NFL schedule does indeed come out later on tonight. There are more and more leaks that are c- popping up different places, some that already man- cancel out others and make them proven to be not true. Um, I-, I had someone tell me that they think that the Bills, the Thanksgiving thing is legitimate, but I- I- I'm-, I'm not going to report that. I just, someone who I know who would have reason to know said to me, I think that one is legitimate. But that's it. That's all. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with it enough to say Glenn Clark's saying that or I'm reporting it. It's just something that was told to me. We'll all find out tonight. And as I said during the part of the show that was botched yesterday, as I said then, I, we can just do something with your day. Watch the, the Norfolk Tides game this afternoon. Y'all get so itchy and, and like, stop, settle down. They're going to announce it tonight at 8. Everything's going to be fine. You'll know the schedule and you can make your plans for wherever it is that you want to go on the road with the Ravens this season. The question is whether or not there will be a certain Jarvis Landry who will be with the Baltimore Ravens this season. We believe they need to be in the market for at least one more wide receiver, not because we don't think that the young guys could be players, but simply put, they have four wide receivers, like actual guys 
that are draft picks or NFL players on the roster, from a numbers perspective, that's not enough. There were some reports last week that they have been interested and have been poking around with the guy that I think most people believe is the top guy on the market. That's Jarvis Landry, who is most recently with the Cleveland Browns. Joining us now to tell us more about Jarvis Landry from the Browns Radio Network. He is our friend and the Super Bowl champ, Gerard Sherry, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Gerard, it's Glenn and Paul. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Uh, no problem, and I am hoping and praying that you guys do not land one Jarvis Landry All right. on your roster. Oh, that's interesting. So let's let, let's dive into it, right, Gerard? Why are the Browns not bringing Jarvis Landry back? Why is it not worked out? It's simply a, a numbers game, really. Jarvis is commanding a lot of money with the Browns, and I'm pretty sure Jarvis is like, no, I'm not taking a pay cut. My numbers were down due to poor quarterback play. So why should I take a pay cut? That's the only thing I could imagine because if you listen to what the Browns organization has to say about Jarvis, it's nothing but glowing words. And that's not saying glowing words for the sake of being kind and nice. It's actually true. Jarvis Landry was a key component to changing things around here in Cleveland. And his attitude and his way of going about doing business was very glowing and was a departure from what we were accustomed to when we brought guys in as, as traded players or free agents or whatnot, especially at the receiver position. So you say the numbers are about the quarterback play. Let's let's talk about this because it's not just last year, but over the last two seasons, five total touchdowns and averaging about 50 yards per game. You, you say that's not about Jarvis Landry. That's entirely about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and that's the beauty of numbers because I've literally watched every last one of those plays and games and have discussed them like you do ad nauseum. And I watch Jarvis, and I know a good football player, when I see one, I know when a guy's not getting opportunity, and it's not an issue of, and as you would agree with me, the Browns have been loaded the past two seasons from a talent standpoint, sure. three seasons. Sure. And when you have that much talent to work with, sometimes guys get lost in the shuffle and forgotten about. So if you look at that Browns roster, you can't point to one guy and say, that was a designated go-to guy. We weren't feeding guys 70, 80, 90, 100 attempts. Well, I actually were feeding one guy, and his name was Odell Beckham Jr., right. but he wanted to go elsewhere. So that played a part in it as well. And if you couple that with Baker's inconsistent play, along with just having a, a wealth of talent, if those numbers persist to me now. You'll look at him like, oh, the guy's getting old. He's hurt. He's not productive. But I hope you guys make that mistake and come to that conclusion and don't put him on your roster because I think Jarvis – Landry still has a lot of football left in him. We're talking with Gerard Cherry here on Glenn Clark Radio. It's like you know exactly where I want to go next, uh, Gerard, because that would be the next place. The Ravens have done this before with guys that are a bit deeper into their career. And, you know, when, when they were aggressive about it at the start of free agency, it, it worked with the likes of Steve Smith and it worked with the likes of Anquan Bolden, who they traded for. Um, they've also, over the years, you know, taken one last stab at a, a Michael Crabtree or a Mike Wallace or a you know, uh, Jeremy Macklin to significantly mixed results with some of those types of guys. Sammy Watkins a year ago. Um, the injury thing, I, I know he was banged up a year ago, and he is approaching 30. Why are you not concerned that that health and age would be a factor for Jarvis Landry? Because I look at the two guys you named, Steve Smith and, and Bo, Anquan Bowen, and Jarvis has that same component in how he approaches with no disrespect to the other guys you name, but I don't think they have that attitude about them like Jarvis does, and Jarvis shares that with Steve and Anquan in that 
they're aggressive. They play football on the wide offensive, offensive side like they're defensive players, just aggressiveness that they're attacking you. And that's what Jarvis is about. And you want that. So I don't see him being the type of dude who's like, okay, let me go get a pension payment by coming to play for this team. And he got a year or two tricking people into thinking I could still play. I think he just has too much, just has too much respect for the game to go about that way. And too much of a competitor and too fiery and too real to be that. So I, so I hold him in that light. That's how I see him. I, I understand what you're saying. Look, he, you know, the, I guess one of the issues about a fit in Baltimore would be that the, the receiver they lost is is Hollywood Brown, and the skill sets are not set. Like he wouldn't be coming here to be a replacement for Hollywood Brown. Not at all. But no. knowing what you know about the Ravens and what they do offensively, do you think that it could be a fit for a Jarvis Landry to be, you know, w- would he be okay with being in a run-first offense? And would he be all right knowing, you know, he probably won't have explosive numbers here or knowing that there's not a lot of opportunities left for him to make money? Do you think he would say, no, I got to go somewhere. I'm going to put up big numbers in order to get maybe one final contract? That part, I think if I'm Jarvis Landry, I would lean towards the Saints where you assume that they're going to be a passing offense with a quarterback in Winston that can capable of producing 5,000 yards in passing. And mm-hmm. in Jarvis's mind, let me get 1,000 of that because that's going to give me three or four more years. But if I do go to Ravens, that could be potentially four now, five years if I sign a multi-year contract of numbers that are porous and not because I can't play, just simply the scheme doesn't fit. So if I'm Jarvis, I'm thinking – I go somewhere where they pass a lot because he can fit in your culture right away. He is exactly what John Harbaugh looks for in a football player, a dude who's hard-nosed, tough, and is going to get after you. He'd be a perfect fit in that culture. And that's one of the things that you respect about the Ravens is the fact that you have that culture where guys just grind it out and play that old-school football that still works. I mean, he, we know he's physical. Like, would he be? Would he be up for blocking? Like, would he be up for all the time? Yeah, oh, that's what he does. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I here. that's what I assumed. I assumed that would be the case. And so, in that way, again, he's it's it's appealing. Like, I look at what what's out there, Gerard, and again, knowing I I, I know a lot of people in Baltimore get uh, defensive about this and say, hey, you need to give your young guys a chance. You need to figure out if you know one of these receivers could be your version of Donovan Peoples Jones, for example, right? And I and I hear that. But you can't go into a season with four guys. Like you have to have a, a full because somebody's getting hurt. Like it's just we, we all we're all smart enough to know this isn't the way that it's going to go. So I look at this list and I see a Julio Jones, and I get it, it's Julio Jones. But boy, did that look bad a year ago. And I see a T.Y. Hilton, and I I don't know of the list. It I I would think Jarvis Landry is the most appealing of the group. Is there anybody else that you think would be more appealing than Jarvis Landry? Well, I like the T.Y. component because of the stretch of field, and that's what he's known for. And obviously, if you can get Julio to recapture some element of what he's been in the past, then that makes sense, too, from a stretch to field standpoint because you have completely lost that element unless these young guys emerge in regards to having that stretch to field can score quickly component to your offense. And Jarvis doesn't fit that parameter. No, he doesn't. He's definitely more run after the catch possession type of receiver as opposed to the I'm going to stretch the field right right I mean that's his skill set and again I 
when those guys catch the ball, that there's a significant value in that, clearly. Um, and and we don't we don't mind the thought of that whatsoever. Uh, just give me one more. Like it, when you say all these things, if if he really is demanding real money, you're you're describing him. You still think it's worth paying Jarvis Landry real money at this point? It's just tough. I know a lot of teams don't necessarily have real money left to spend. But it sounds like you really still believe that Jarvis Landry is worthy of a legitimate contract and maybe not necessarily just a one-year prove-it type of deal. Yeah, well, uh, well, also, too, I'm coming from a biased standpoint. Jarvis Landry became one of my favorite players in a Browns uniform. And I don't know if you watched the Hard Knock series with the Browns, but when he made that speech saying what was going on here in Cleveland and how it was going to change, that made me a believer, and then he backed it up. And, I, like I said, I watched him play these past years, and I watched what took place last year, coming back from injury, rushing yourself into it because you're a team player, and, again, having a quarterback who was just off out of sync and didn't know what he was, whether he was coming or going from a confidence standpoint, jacked his numbers up. And then, on top of that, with the play calling being one not as advantageous for one guy to shine in this offense, led to what you see. So I still think he's there. I still think he's capable. And what we were paying him, now nah, he's not going to get that from teams because, again, you got teams are going to use the numbers to pay you less. That's just how it works. Right. Unless you get a guy who's just flat out like, hey, I love this guy, let's pay him no matter what, which is going to be hard to find. But it does occur every now and then. We used to be one of those teams here in Cleveland that would do that. I but not anymore. I understand. I understand. Um, and just another couple minutes here with Gerard Sherry, Brown's sideline reporter for their radio network and three-time Super Bowl champion. Um, Gerard, is there awkward? What is this like right now in Cleveland with the the kind of the unknown about Deshaun Watson and whether or not there's going to be a suspension? The the rest of the league trying to blackball the Browns and not trade for Baker Mayfield because they're mad about there being a fully guaranteed contract. Like, what is what is it like on a day to day basis within this organization right now with everything going on? Well, the main conversation, and it's not just here locally, but it appears to be nationally if you ever turn on ESPN, is what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. Right. And my thought is that there's no sense of urgency right now for other teams who want the services of Baker Mayfield, coupled with what you just said, this idea that teams are like, hey, we know you want to get rid of him. We know that you've got your new quarterback under contract, so why are we going to do you a favor? And it's going to take an act of desperation or emergency for teams to want to – go ahead and sign up without the Browns not eating anything. So that's what's where it's at right now. But as far as Deshaun Watson goes, the fan base is excited about what he represents, and there's just a sense of calm around the organization right now that, hey, we got some guys in the draft that's going to be able to contribute. And it was one of the few times where the Browns were in the draft and was like, oh, my gosh, we don't get this guy. Oh, my gosh, we don't get this guy. We're done. And that was not the sense of feeling. So there's just a sit-back. See what we have and let it play itself out on the football field as opposed to being an off-season champions, which we were for the past two seasons, and you saw what that led to. Are, are you – is there any possibility that this plays out because of, like, the fear of a suspension that the Browns try to hold on to Baker Mayfield into the season and deal him close to the deadline to try to get through whatever suspension might come for Deshaun Watson? I've heard that said by several reports, and I think it's one of the funniest things to be said. Baker Mayfield has been removed as a king of the castle with the Cleveland Browns. There's no way unless Jacoby Brissett, Dobbs, 
and obviously watching as a player gets hurt, the agent market, the agent market around that Baker Mayfield will step foot on the football field as a starting quarterback for the Browns in the regular season. Though all those things would have to take place where these guys get hurt, these guys are just incompetent, and some other bad things along the way. For Baker Mayfield to be the starter, they have moved on from that. They are done with it. He's on the roster right now because of the simple fact he's owed $18.9 million guaranteed, right. and they're right. trying to figure out a way in which not to pay all that. Well, uh, good luck. Actually, you know, in Baltimore, we'd rather it be a problem, of course, for the Browns. Believe me, it's a mutual yeah. belief. We, we'd, like, we'd, like right, we'd like for it to continue <laughs> to be an issue for them that they can't get an answer for. Uh, at Gerard Cherry, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at JRCherry3. Gerard, always appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Uh, no problem. Take care. Gerard Cherry from out in Cleveland. Very high on Jarvis Landry, obviously. Now, he admits he's not unbiased. He's he's a, Jar- a, a Jarvis Landry fan. Um, I, I do think it's, from the sheer numbers perspective, from the idea of you have to add someone to me, it's the most appealing of what's out there. But again, at a, at a number, right? If Jarvis Landry is really looking for a certain amount of money, I just don't think the Ravens are going to do that. But you, you can't... You, know, you guys can scream and yell all you want about, let the guys play. Fine. But it would be... Malfe- it would be negligent for an NFL team to go into a season with four actual wide receivers on the roster. That would be insanity. It's not just that you're betting on all of these guys or at least three of these guys working out, which is, for some people, a step too far. It's that you're assuming they're all going to stay healthy, which is nuts. I mean, that's again, it's negligence. I definitely agree that they're, at some point you got to let a James Prochet, a Devin Dude, you got to figure out if they're players or not. I, I understand the theory. But that can't, you can't bet your Super Bowl on they'll definitely be players and they'll definitely be healthy and we won't need anyone else. That's crazy. Um, I mean, there's, there's, it's malpractice if you were to do that. And I just don't believe they will. I think they're trying to get a price. And they also, you know, can say, hey, let's see who else might get cut before now and then. And the answer might be that it's not Jarvis Landry, that it's something lesser than Jarvis Landry. It's more of a backup plan to your backup plan to back up your backup plan, if you will. That might be the way that this plays out for the Baltimore Ravens. But... I don't know. I still I like Jarvis Landry as a player. I like Jarvis. I wanted him on the Ravens a few years before he signed with the Browns. Yeah. It just didn't work out. Um, I, and to to Gerard's point, if I'm him, I'm going someplace where they pass the ball. Yeah, and that's that's the tricky part, right? It might very well be that the Ravens would like it to be Jarvis Landry. That's the guy they like, and he just sort of says to him like, "Nah, dude. You know, like, sorry." But I mean, that's- if he's taking over for. Brown, who got 146. Now, and I get it. Bateman's going to get a lot more targets this mm-hmm. year, and they're going to use these new tight ends a little mm-hmm. bit as well. But if if Holly Brown got 146 targets last year, right, but Landry's he, going to get a ton. But of he's targets. not. It's that. But then he's not replacing Hollywood Brown. You know what I mean? Like he's just not the same receiver. Mm-hmm. 
their skill sets are so vastly different. I mean, if he's the guy you need that you go to for a first down, I mean, you have that with Mark Andrews as yeah, well. Yeah, it's sort of it's the old Derek Mason role that you're talking about. Yeah, and and certainly that's that's his skill set. That's what fits him. How much you're throwing as a whole is 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 an issue there. How you feeling? I guess before we called uh, Mike Bordick, how you feeling? Did, feel, did I, you reapply yet? Have you? No, I'm going through the first layer. The, uh, I feel okay. It's definitely gotten worse, mm-hmm. but I think that's just because I like watermelon. I don't love watermelon, and too much mus- too much of anything is is never a good thing, especially mustard. Paul's eating a uh, half a watermelon that's covered in mustard. Let me see how it looks over there. Let me uh, get me a uh, get me a picture. Okay, all right, man. You're gonna need to reapply soon. You're yeah. gonna need to. That is a lot of watermelon. It's a lot. That of is watermelon. a lot of watermelon, dog. Be a tough. Yeah, honestly, day. if I had cut it, it probably would have le- looked less daunting. I just feel. Yes, like- I agree with that. I think if it had been cut, it would have been like, ah, I got eight squares. I got to get through. Right. Because like, then you just know it. You can't guess what the number of bites is that you have to eat in order to get through that. Right. But when you see it in squares, you're like, all right, I get through. Once I'm through three, I'm. I'm 37% of the way done, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can do that math. You can't really figure out exactly how far through it you are. All right. Uh, hour number one of today's show is in the books. Tonight, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein are going to welcome Towson football coach Rob Ambrose. Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Sports for a fun conversation. If you missed it earlier on the week, Stan and Ross Grimsley chatted with, uh, of course, former Orioles catcher Rick Dempsey. Talking about Adley Rutschman, talking about baseball in general. Those shows always available. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab. PressBoxOnline.com slash video or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline are always the ways to go about finding those shows. Tonight, Stan the Fan Charles with Gary Stein and Rob Ambrose. You just hung up on him, didn't you? Just hung up. Is the mustard going to your brain? Is that's what what's so, happening some, there? Something you like just, that. I'm going to call him right Just now. hung up on my boy. <laughs> All right, Mike, here we go. <laughs> Click. What a jerk move. Nice guy, Mike Bordick. <laughs> You're a bad guy. <laughs> Paul, Paul legitimate. This is exactly how it happened. He called Mike Bordick and said, hey, Mike, good to, thanks for coming on today. You good to go? <laughs> All right. <laughs> hung up on him. That is a straight shoot thing that happened. <laughs> I'm Mike Bordick. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I guess that's that. <laughs> oh, we have fun here. Joining us now, uh, you hear him on 105.7 The Fan and uh, Baltimore Baseball Tonight. Of course, uh, Orioles Hall of Famer and uh, a man that, that at his age looks, I, I wish that at any point in my life I looked as good with my shirt off as this man does. He is Mike Bordick, and he's back with us here on GCR. What's going on, Mike? How are you, sir? Oh, oh, I apologize. Oh, there we go. There it is. Hey, Mike, how you doing, buddy? Here we are. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How about you guys? Everybody good? Everything's all right. So, Mike, you are, um, you know, you and I have talked about uh, some of the strange foods that I've seen you consume, but you do it for health reasons. We are. Uh, my friend Paul is paying off a bet this morning, and is consuming. A half of watermelon covered in mustard. Yummy. Y- really? really? No, okay. no, heck Thank no. You. Thank you. No, Thank I, you. I wouldn't do that. That's nasty. And I've seen some of the things that you eat. You you are yeah, you are fearless when it comes to food. You, well, I, I don't mind experimenting as long as it's kinda considered healthy. Yeah. And uh well I know watermelon's good for you. 
And mustard's probably not too bad for you either, but it's just that combination might yeah. be a... I try to bite. This is a thing. This is a, like an internet fad is the reason why we made it the payoff. Uh, there is okay. no there is no reason for it to be an internet fad. I try to bite. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there is just no need for this whatsoever. Right, right. Hey, um, Mike, let, let's talk about a couple of things. One, um, I, what we've seen, I know last night was no good, but the Orioles before that had won 7 of 10. And, and the way that I tried to say it yesterday is, like, look, the most likely scenario to me is this is not the moment where everything changed for this franchise. But going into this season, I think a lot of us that were reasonable were saying to ourselves, we just want to see some signs of progress, that you're not going to be moribund anymore. And whatever happens over the next couple of weeks, and I know that at some point Adley Rushman will be here, but I, I feel like even stretches like this, even if they're fleeting, even if it's just two or three stretches of really good baseball – I do feel like is a some sort of sign about an organization that's taking a step forward. Am I lowering the bar too much, or is there something to be said for, hey, no matter how this goes, these are the types of positive signs that you're looking for as an organization? No, I think you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, I, they might be a little bit surprised how this year is going. I, I think uh, overall the pitching, in my opinion, has been a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. Now, I know everybody's kind of capable of, of doing a nice job at the major league level. They've all had, you know, experience to some degree. But one way or another, Brandon Hyde, the, the, the pitching coaches, have found a way to really capitalize on their confidence. And I, I just believe that at the major league level, that mental stability uh, is, is probably more important and in many cases than physical tools. I think if, if you believe in yourself and you get off to a good start, uh, positive things really tend to happen. And that's really, I think, what's gone on with the pitching staff as a whole, both bullpen and, you know, starters alike. Um, yesterday, you know, I think the, probably the worst game of the year as far as from a pitching standpoint, Watkins has been really good. He just made some mistakes over the middle of the plate. But they've all kind of picked up the slack a little bit. Who knows? Maybe it was the fact that John Means, you know, was lost for the year that everybody said, wow, we better pick it up a little bit. And sure enough, they have. And I, and I agree with what you're saying. They they have been fun to watch. Uh, it was a super homestand. They finally started swinging the bats more consistently, getting big hits. And I think just the nucleus of this team is set up to where – now you can start building around it. And, and I know there's great anticipation and excitement about Adley Rutschman uh, finally making it up to the big leagues. Well, it's not gonna, he is not going to be you know, the savior and make everything um, you know, all of a sudden all rosy. How, how dare be... you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> oh, my boy. <laughs> hey, listen, he's going to be really good, that's for sure. But he, in my opinion is that piece that all of a sudden lets everybody know, is okay, here we go. Now the Mike Elias era has arrived. Adley Rutschman's here, and now we can start adding on the pieces. The, the Grayson Rodriguez, the Hall, some of the younger infielders will start getting some exposure. But they have, like I said, a great nucleus with Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes finally starting to come into his own and, and remain healthy. And I think Mateo is part of that as well, along with Mountcastle. So, Really good pieces to build around at the major league level. 
and now you start inserting some of these prospects that have been so highly touted for so long. So definitely an exciting time, I, I think, for the organization. But let's go to the pitching, Mike, because I feel like that's where, one of the, again, in, in judging this season, one of the things I said is who are the guys that are going to maybe take themselves out of the question mark column and move themselves into the column of players that can be part of the solution? And, you know... The Bruce Zimmerman thing is a is a revelation, right? Like what I don't know what to make of it. And and we can throw in that Tyler Wells has pitched really well and, and we'll get to Kyle Bradish here in a second because he was kind of closer to the, the, the high hopes, but is this sustainable what we've seen from the likes of Zimmerman and Tyler Wells? Do you do you believe they're really coming into their own versus hey, you know, a, a lot of pitchers have a really good month during the course of their career? That, that don't necessarily pan out to be, like, really good pitchers? Well, I think, you know, I think Zimmerman is, is maybe the most intriguing uh, part of this. I think uh, Bradish, or Bradish is, is, is my, he's just got incredible life and movement on all of his pitches. Uh, he, he seems to be extremely legit. And I think the fact that since Zimmerman, you know, he had, Moments of brilliance last year, the first half of the season. And then, you know, whether it be fatigue or just overexposure, he uh, got hit around a little bit the second half of the season and maybe some health as well. But I'll tell you what, he has incredible confidence in his changeup. He's almost throwing it more than his fastball. He's got a very solid mix right now. And when guys like like Zimmerman that all of a sudden are starting to get into – you know, their prime age, when they, they all of a sudden turn, something flicks on mentally, and they have had success at the major league level, then it is in there. It's in their body. They know they can do it. And now it's just a matter of finding that consistent mental approach, which Zimmerman seems to have kind of harnessed here in the early going. And then you just try to run with it. And, and the more repetitions you get, I think, at the major league level, the, more, the easier it is to kind of sustain that and kind of make those subtle adjustments that keep you in ball games, keep your team in ball games, and, and have very you know very solid career. So, now I'm not saying I'm not going to go out and say that this is a flash in the pan. I, I think there's legitimate um, hope for you know optimism uh, with Zimmerman, Bradish included. I think some of the other guys you're gonna you're gonna see the ups and downs, yep. but uh, I think those guys could be and should be mainstays in the rotation, and as far as the bullpen arms go, I think bullpens are always, I think you can always kind of mix and match in bullpens, but they're very complementary to each other right now, and there are some great arms, and uh, my only concern is, and I think throughout baseball, is that bullpens just get overexposed now. There's no surprising. Everybody knows what they have. So uh, that's my only concern out of the bullpen, but they've definitely – been riding a nice wave. Um, it's good to see Fry uh, put together some, you know, consecutive outings now where he's, he's, you know, limited base runners thrown very well. So a lot of positives, I think, across the board from the pitching standpoint. He is Mike Bordick. He is with us here on GCR Baltimore Baseball tonight on 105.7 The Fan. Um, Mike, you mentioned Rutschman a second ago. So what are reasonable expectations? Because, I mean, you know, I, I wrote about this for Pressbox this week. With, Orioles fans are treating Adley Rutschman like he's going to be an amalgamation of Mike Piazza's bat and Pudge Rodriguez as a catcher, right? Like, they, they, they are, we are so through the roof 
when it comes to what our expectation level is for Adley Rutschman. We were through the roof on Matt Wieters, and our expectations are higher for Adley Rutschman, right? What mm-hmm. What's fair? Because I, I, I do have a small part of me that fears that we're sort of setting up Matt Wieters was a really good baseball player, and yet when you ask the average Orioles fan, they'll describe him as a bust because they thought he was going to be Jesus in cleats, right? (laughs) Right. What is a fair, reasonable expectation level to have for Adley Rutschman, who we all know is a really critical piece of this thing working for the Orioles moving forward? Well, I'm going to say this about Adley Rutschman, uh, and, 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 a, and a little bit of a comparison to Matt Wieters. And, and I think Matt Wieters had a great career. He won a couple gold gloves. You know, was he as consistent as we'd all hoped with the bat? I don't think so. But he, he was a very solid defensive catcher, had a, a great big league career. And I think we should all hope that Adley Rutschman can have the career that Matt Wieters had. Now, that being said, I believe if Rutschman can stay healthy throughout his career, that he has more to offer. Um, I'm, I, I think everybody's a little suspect and, until they actually prove themselves at the major league level, but he's certainly shown throughout his minor league career that he has the ability to hit the baseball um, very strong defensively, strong arm, and we all hope that he can stay healthy. The one intangible that I think really separates Rutschman from Weeders is his leadership capability. Mm-hmm. Rutschman, from day one that I saw him, he was just an incredible leader. Took the bull by the horns, is not afraid to be vo- verbal and vocal with his pitching staff, really has a commitment. And I think the fact that he was exposed to a guy like Chirinos and, and uh, uh, Ben Boom, who both have those kind of qualities and have really taken great control of the pitching staff, uh, to this point, will only bode so very, very well for Rutschman when he comes up, along with his own natural leadership skills. So there's going to be a learning curve, uh, but I think his exposure to big league camps uh, over a number of years now and, and and knowing the players, and I think everybody's going to be extremely welcoming of, of Adley Rutschman. He's worked with so many guys. I think when Rutschman comes up, that's just going to be a green light to start moving some of these other big arms in the minor leagues up to continue to work with Rutschman, and he will be the foundation and really the true backbone, I think, of what it takes to have a successful team. And, and when I think of backbone, I think obviously the middle of the infield, but it's anchored by the catcher and then, of course, the shortstop, second baseman, and right. center fielder. They've already got Mullins out there. I think Mateo could be – is you know, an incredibly uh, gifted young athlete that's proven his worth at shortstop already uh, can make those plays in the hole. So I I think Rutschman is just going to be a great foundation piece for this organization moving forward. Um, And by the way, we we sure as hell hope you're right, my poor Dick, because (laughs) they need that. All right, what's going on with you, my friend? What's going on with the baseball warehouse? What's going on, all the uh, the charity things that you do? What's, What's happening in your life? Yeah, well, thanks for asking, but uh, so many wonderful things. And this weekend, man, is there a great collaboration with the League of Dreams, of course, our nonprofit that gives special needs kids opportunities to play baseball and softball, the Baseball Warehouse, and um, Debbie Phelps, who has Michael been Phelps such mom. a major yeah. part. Yeah, exactly. A major part of uh, Baltimore County's public school system. We're having a huge event, and she spearheaded this called the Let's Play Ball Campaign. 
to uh, bring awareness and, and gratitude to all the administrators and teachers in Baltimore County that have really endured such a hard time over the last couple years to help our kids. So uh, a, a charity softball game along with a, a League of Dream event with um, the Allied Sports Kids from Baltimore County uh, Public Schools as well, and that's going to be held over at Carver um, School of Technology and Arts right over there off York Road, and that's going to be from 12 to 4 on Saturday afternoon. There's going to be a live band, face painting, all kinds of great wow. activities. It's going to it's just going to be a great celebration, I think, of our our Baltimore County Public School System. So, ex- so excited to be a part of that. Should we uh, point people to LeagueofDreams.org in order to find out more? Yeah, absolutely. LeagueofDreams.org will definitely have information there. And I know you've been uh, with your friends at Alloy Sports giving out some uh, NBA betting advice the last couple how, of weeks. How, how, how about that? Yeah, hey, I, thanks for mentioning that. I, yeah, young startup company I'm so excited to be a part of. A couple uh, great kids out of Pikesville started this, Brad and Spencer yep. Kronthal. And, uh, yeah, they started Alloy Sports, a research-based uh, betting platform where you can create your own algorithms. It's so intriguing and exciting to be a part of. Yeah, NBA is going right now, and uh, we are going to be ready to, and fired up to launch the NFL and college football at the end of the summer. You know, Mike, uh, Brad was an intern of mine once upon a time, and now I am de- I'm going to find myself begging him for a job here at some point <laughs> in the next couple of years because, my God, it's, it's incredible what he's done. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, of course, you can follow Mike on Twitter, at mbordick. Mike Bordick, always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for hopping on with us for a couple minutes this morning. Let's do it again Thank soon, you. all right? Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for bringing that great stuff up. I always happy to do it, man. Mike Bordick checking in with us here on GCR. Um, you know, I, I am, I'm just struggling with the reasonable expectations versus the reality of the circumstances for the Orioles and Adley Rutschman. Admittedly, I'm just struggling. I'm struggling with that. That like when he says, you know, you got to hope that Adley Rutschman has Matt Weider's career. Well, yeah, that's true. But if he does, I don't think there's a chance in the hell that the Orioles are competing to win a World Series at any point. I just don't see it. I don't see how they're making up the difference. I think any path to the Orioles competing for a World Series, short of suddenly becoming a team that spends a lot of money, right? Like, short of as this begatting, I don't know if that's the right form of, of that word, begatting a World Series contender, has to involve Adley Rutschman being a middle-of-the-order caliber bat in addition to being a high-level catcher. Because how else is it getting there? Again, within reason, right? Like, if your answer is because Kyle Stowers becomes an absolute superstar, okay, maybe. Like, sure. But I don't think Kyle Stowers is turning into Mookie Betts. I think that's unreasonable. He's really struggling right now. Yeah, he is. He's struggling a great deal. Um, and he tried to kill Adley Rutschman the other day. So he, he, he nearly was taken out. by the, the joke that I made on Twitter has been really awkward losing two prospects in the same afternoon, Adley to injury and Kyle Stowers to firing squad, because that's the way it would have had to have gone. Um, there, there isn't a reasonable picture that you can paint for me of a World Series contender. I think reasonably you could see, hey, even if Adley Rutschman becomes Matt Wieters, you could create a, a competitive baseball team. Mm-hmm. The Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall get here. 
John Means returns, Bruce Zimmerman continues to be the guy that he's here, you got yourself a rotation, right? Like, you can paint that picture for me. But a World Series contender? A team that can beat the best teams in baseball and win a World Series? I don't see that without Adley Rutschman being a bona fide superstar. Yeah, the, the the season that Matt Wieters put up in 2008 in the mm-hmm. minor leagues, Rutschman hasn't come close to that. The, the the year that he put up in 2008 and then the start that he got That's off fair. to in 2009 That's before fair. he got called up, um, which is where, like, I remember how I felt. I remember going to buy tickets the day after it was announced that Wieters was coming to Baltimore. And... Uh, it was it was a very similar feeling to this. This time around, I've tempered my expectations a little bit. I still expect him to be a great player, but I've tempered my expectations a little bit because we thought that that you heard the names, you know, Mauer with power, Jesus and Cleats, mm-hmm. and he just he never became. He was very good, yep. but he oh, never he became a, that. He was an excellent player. Like he was an absolutely outstanding player. And when we talk about, by the way, how's that going over there? I, 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 I got I got to pick up the pace. Yeah, you got you got to you got to get going. Um, and we still have to uh, talk to Poot Trey Cheney uh, from the Wire, and now we own this city is going to join us a little bit later on. Looking forward to that conversation. He's playing Gordon Hawk on uh, We Own This City, one of the uh, Hartford County cops that uh, helps sort of break open the GTTF, um, you know, the, the rampant conspiracy and and everything they were doing. Um, Poot, what a Baltimore name, Poot. Do you? Yes, you're right. <laughs> uh, Paul's eating his watermelon, and he, and he still has to sing too. He still has to uh, do a little performance for us. That's punishment for the. For l- the, for l- the l- for luckily, listeners. luckily, you know all the words by heart. The thunder by Imagine Dragons. It was my you? walk-up song one year for Let's my say, baseball really? team. There you go. My, um, my my children love that song. I'm gonna have to find like a karaoke version on YouTube. Well, we'll we'll just play the music in the background. We'll be fine. I don't know all the words. Well, then yeah, you'll just just pull up the lyrics then, or you can print. We have a printer. You can print the lyrics. I need Believe to know how the song goes. What? What I do you need, mean? You need to know how the song goes. I need to know the the the, the rhythm that I'm supposed to keep. Boy, you really dynamite preparation for today. <laughs> no Tommy Bahama shirt. I don't remember how the song goes. Any of it. I know how the you song goes. You know what? Goes. It's better that you don't. It'll create better content that you don't. That's act. I've, t- I've changed my mind. It's better. That you're not you're not prepared for this. Much better for all parties involved. This really sucks. I'm glad you got to that point. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad we've gotten to the point where you're miserable. That makes me very happy. There was supposed this was supposed to be a real price. That I think you're it's, I think it's a mental it thing even, knowing that I have so much. It to doesn't go. say it doesn't even look like you're like a third of the way through it. I'm not. That's why I say I, I, during the next break I got to find a knife. I got. I got to find a knife. That's not a knife. That's a knife. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we have. I don't know if we keep knives around here. Not after the incident. We don't talk about the incident. We just don't talk about it. It occurred. Was there thing. an actual incident? No, there was an actual incident, Paul. John Colson went a little nuts. There's a moment yesterday uh, in our fantasy football league. Uh, John Proctor sent everybody this video. Apparently, some cricket player hit a ball entirely out of a stadium, like entirely out of the stadium. It was it was mesmerizing, and he shares the video with everybody in the fantasy football league. And one of our friends, who's not really into sports, says back, like, so I'm assuming this is good? (laughs) To which, hang on, I'm going to share exactly what I said back. We had a lot of fun with this yesterday. I said back, um, oh, boy, hang on a second. Where is the, where is our, we're on Discord because we don't want the government to see what it is that we're saying. It's very important. 
I said back, uh, oddly, no. They make you go get the ball yourself, and you're out of the game until you find it. It's a real hassle. And I swear to God, I saw my friend Brad last night, who's not really a sports fan, and he says, like, so you're joking, right? <laughs> like, so, so like, no, Brad, it's like the sandlot. The game's over until you go find the ball. Everybody's pissed. So, so in cricket, isn't it you hit the ball and you try to run back and forth between the posts until they get the ball back in? Isn't that basically how you score? I believe I played. We had a history teacher who, or maybe it was a geography teacher, I want to say, who had us play cricket in high school, I want to say. Like, that was part of the. Like, we took a day of class and we went out and played cricket. I, I loved it. We had a great time. I don't remember anything about it. I remember nothing about it. And I have bet on some dumb things. I bet on the, the Stetka Cup. Right. By the way, are we good? We good for tomorrow? We covered. I meant to bring the stuff up. I got two normal ping pong paddles. Yeah. And I got children's ping pong paddles for the interns. <laughs> we'll let them play with real ping pong paddles. No, they're interns. No, man. we're gonna let them play with real ping pong. They're paddles. interns. Damn it. We're doing a tournament. Proctor told me he's coming in tomorrow. I have not gotten the Old Bay Goldfish yet. I would like to to try the Old Bay Vodka for sure. We're having a kind of a a, a fun day, a, a getaway day for the uh, the interns. And Dio Hall. Oh, and Dia Hall is going to join the program tomorrow, too. That's right. Um, uh, Cass was going to do the Bridgerton ball thing, but I'm, I'll am i believe it when I see it is where I'm at. I'll believe it. I, I think she's going to try to legitimately come in here. I think she will actually put the effort in, whereas the rest of us were never going to put the effort in. Andrew Stecka will be here. He will be consuming this tarantula. He will be getting his back waxed during the course of the morning, and I feel like there was something else that he had to do, but I've already forgotten what it was. I feel he has like- to sing Hero. Oh, that's right. Hero. Yes. From the original Spider-Man movie. I'm looking forward. I bet he's going to. You know what? I think that turns in to a company wide sing along. I think that ends up being a very beautiful moment when we do this tomorrow. So we're having a fun day and then we're going to follow it up. Uh, We're going to order some food and we're going to hang out and we're going to play the Stetka Cup in the conference room where we're going to convert. Are you so you're planning on doing the thing where you set up like cups as the net? For the ping pong table, I was I'm I'm working on something I haven't figured out just yet. I wanted to do the the soda plastics right like they did in the office, but right. I don't know how they got. I guess I could just tape them together, but I don't have. Mm, that's not that hard. I don't you have could do soda, that. and I don't want to just go buy a bunch of sodas to not drink them and or drink them even though I don't want to. And well, you could buy really generic soda that costs like a dollar a piece. Yeah, you could I do could, that. I could. I used to love the uh, the Gateway brand of um, of cream soda when I was a kid. Mm. The Gateway brand? Yeah, I can't say the actual grocery store. Oh, sorry. I was like, I thought you were trying to say something else. Like, it was a Gateway drug. Like, that's what I thought you were trying to go with there. It was my Gateway soda drug. It was a Gateway into I feel like you need to reapply. Yes, I feel like I feel like point. it's time to reapply the mustard. I don't to the think watermelon. you understand how much this has started to suck. Oh, I believe that it's. I, dude, I sat here and ate bull balls all morning. One more. I've done these. I ate a whole bowl of crickets, man. I've been there. It's the totality of the food. Like the, I did not enjoy it's the totalitarianism. It's totalitarian. It's disestablishmentarianism, is what it is. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. That, that was a uh, uh, something about Mary reference. You have was to it? visualize it in its totalitarianism. Oh, damn it. Not bad. Not bad. But you needed to say it that way. You needed to say you got to visualize it in its totalitarianism. Um, I don't know what happened here. I have no idea. I'm going to go through this entire thing of mustard. Yeah, you are. This is 100%. I almost dropped the F-bomb. At some, at some point, we're going to see it in your face, and there's going to be genuine concern, and I'm going to tell I you. I almost gagged a little bit ago, the, the, but I was the, gagging, the other way. The gagging's not going to be what gets you to stop. It's going to be when I think you're going to die. 
It's going to be when I'm worried about a lawsuit. Is really. I think this is like torture. When I fear that Mrs. Valley is going to personally sue me, I should have had you sign a waiver. You know what? Maybe during the next break, we're going to sign a waiver. I'm signing nothing. You son of a bitch. (laughs) You did. You did this on your own volition. All right. I would not have done this if you hadn't told. If you hadn't made it. I did not force you in any way. We all agreed that this is what we were going to do. We all agreed to pay the price. All right. Like I had the option of saying, "No, I'm not doing that." If I have the, I was gonna fire you on the spot. You're quitting. How can I, I fire I had, you? Then I'm not going to Limp Biscuit on Sunday. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> now this is now you just you just gave me an out. You just welching on your bets. You just gave me yeah. an out. I'm not worried about you getting sued on Sunday. You have to go to Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I'm not worried about there being a lawsuit involved. I'm not worried. Well, there might I'm be physical. I'm going. There to might be. Limp oh, you're excited about going to Limp Biscuit. I'm Biscuit. not. Don't lie. I'm my, not. My buddy is trying to convince me to go. My my. So I was supposed to go see Seven Dust with my buddy Brandon on Friday night at uh, Ramshead. And my wife, my wife, because we weren't able to go out for our anniversary on Tuesday, has now demanded we go out on Friday night. So I said, hey, pal, I love you. I just don't think I'm going to be able to go to Seven Dust, which is a bummer for me. I love Seven Dust. I'm all in. I, we went and saw them together a couple years ago, and I nearly killed him. My buddy Brandon from Ramshead, who was part of Jobbing Out, Brandon had cancer. I went, in. it was like a January show, and Seven Dust was playing Ramshead. We went, we had a great time. The next morning I woke up and I felt like crap. I mean, just utter crap. I went to the doctor. I was like, dude, I feel like death. And they're like, you have the flu. I was like, I got the flu shot. I'm like, how do I have the flu? I got a flu shot. They're like, oh, the flu shot's only about 80% effective this year. You beat the odds. I was like, oh, cool. Great. Then I realized I had been hanging out with my friend Brandon at the Seven Dust show who had cancer, who's whose cell counts were down a little bit, who was at a bit of risk when it comes to things like the flu. And I had to make that awkward phone call to my friend with cancer and say, hey, buddy, uh, uh, one, love you. Hope you know that. Two, I might have killed you. You might want to go make sure you don't have the flu and, and talk to your doctor about whatever the risk is because I went and watched Seven Dust with you. As it turns out, I had the flu. It's like, you are a dick. <laughs> like, you are a terrible human being. Like, I know. I'm aware. But I'm calling you. Like, it's like, you know, um, I, think I, I think I said to him, like, I feel like this must be what it's like to find out you have herpes. Like, you got to oh. make some awkward phone calls, right? <laughs> like, there's someone you got to call and say, so, hey, what's up? Uh, how's life going? Uh, by the way, go to a doctor. Like, that's what it felt like in that moment that I was doing, is I was calling him to say, remember that unprotected sex we had the other night? You said it was a fling, but it wasn't a fling to me. Right, correct. It meant a but, little oh, bit by, by, Oh, by the way. You have herpes. Yes, correct. It was it, exactly, exactly right. It's exactly like that, as I had to call him to tell him that I had the flu while he had cancer. So I was supposed to go see Seven Dust. Can't go see Seven Dust. Well, he, I don't, I think it's just because their company is involved with the show. I don't think, I'd like to hope. It's not because he actually wants to go to the show, but he has to go to the Limp Bizkit show on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And so... I'll see you there. He said, he's like, oh, you can't go to Seven Dust? No problem. You can just go with me to Limp Bizkit on Sunday night. I said, I would rather die. I would rather eat that watermelon right now. Like, I would sooner do that than go to the Limp... What was the bet? What was the Limp Bizkit bet for? Um, it was when the baseball the, season yeah. was going to start. Yeah. It was when the baseball season I, was going to start. My, my dumbass thought it was going to start on time. They're playing Madison Square Garden tomorrow night. 
they're playing the the most famous arena on the face of the planet tomorrow night. God, it's gonna be like I can't, two-thirds empty. I can't believe that's a thing that's happening. There's just no way. I get New York's a huge market, and so there's way more people that could go, but I just can't believe that. You know who's coming to town next week? And I really actually want to go? Gavin DeGraw. No, not Gavin. <laughs> what a weird bit that was. He's so excited about Gavin DeGraw in 2022. <laughs> I can't even come up with a comparison for that. Um, it's like being being excited for like Justin Guarini in 2002. Yeah, it's kind of well, he's a little sweet, you know. He's a uh, little sweet. Yeah, like, I, know. I don't know what he would be doing. I don't know what what songs he would play. <clears throat> um, All Dr Pepper. Weedus. Weedus is it, playing the. Uh, it's a little place called the Metro Gallery. They're playing there. Here's the only issue I have. I would go to see Weedus. It's only like twenty dollars to go, just because Teenage Dirtbag is one of the greatest songs of a generation. I would go to that, but they're like the show is with someone else called like MC Lars, and just reading about who this person is, I said to myself, I don't think this is something I want to watch. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just want you to listen to this description of MC Lars. This is the show is at Metro on next Thursday night. I can I got kickball. I don't know if I could go anyway. Uh, MC Lars is the creator of. Post-punk laptop rap. Nope. Nope. I'm out. Don't even finish the sentence. I'm pretty sure it ain't for me. Post-punk laptop rap and lit hop, which he has extended and powered into a fusion of rap, punk, rock, ska, pop, and other genres. I'm. I, this is turning into soup. Oh like, boy! It's, oh, it's turning, I like. I like this. I like. I like the face you're making I right now. It's focus. making. It's, it's, it's making. Tur- <laughs> the face you're making right now is giving me great joy. This is, it's I turning am, into soup. I am so. Hang on a second. See if I can somehow capture the misery of you eating your uh, your your mustard watermelon right now. Paul is. Uh, it, it, it is turned. It has. The moment has turned. And he is no longer... I was enthused after the first couple bites. I was like, this isn't bad. No, this is awful. I feel like that's typically the way this goes when it's a massive amount of, of any type of food. Is that after a little... You're, I, I'm trying to remember what the other thing was. So Ken did the, the spaghetti-o... Oh, God, the milk and spaghetti-o pie. Ugh. He did that. Yeah, that's exactly right. I did something else that was turbo gross. I did the bull balls, and there was something else, and I can't remember the what it was. sandwiches? I, oh, that's, oh my God, the peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches, 100%. Actually, that was never really pleasant at all. There was never even a moment where that was pleasant. That was just disturbing from start to finish. Our buddy from, uh, Tim from Bel Air came and prepared those. All right, uh, I don't know what we're doing. We're just hanging out. When we come back in, we're going to chat with Poot. We're going to talk to Poot, Trey Chaney, uh, who played Poot on The Wire and is now Gordon Hawk on We Own This City. We're going to talk to him. That's coming up. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They would not serve you mustard watermelon at Glory Days Grill. They've got a seasonal menu that's far better than that. Strawberry salmon salad, the opener, the flash-fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce, so much more. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website to get your order in. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Trey Cheney's next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. 
fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com stay tuned your chance to win a million dollars is coming up probably not from us you're listening to glenn clark radio all right a couple things right here one uh dove Kleiman, who i hate giving this person attention is is a guy on twitter who got to get, be, get a blue check mark because he just takes things that other people are saying and and he regurgitates them like that's that's it that's all this person is but he gets a blue check mark because of it and you know what maybe maybe Elon maybe maybe he can help us um, said the following this morning got a little of attention he said Ravens and Eagles discussed a trade for safety Chuck Clark during the draft according to Adam Kaplan who is a legitimate reporter um, the Ravens showed interest in wide receiver Jalen Rager but the talks died down. So a couple things in there. One, I don't know where this comes from. I don't know if Adam Kaplan said this on a podcast or on a radio show or something like that. 
I can't find the actual source. If Adam Kaplan said this, Adam Kaplan is about as plugged in with the Eagles as anybody is. So if he said this, then then it's 100% true. There's no question. All I know right now is that someone else said that Adam Kaplan said this. I don't have anything more than that. Um why you'd be interested in Jalen Rager, I mean, I get it. You would say, hey, we scouted him well. Yes, it hasn't worked out in Philly, but we want to give him a shot. Uh, okay. I, I mean, we've all seen it. I don't think there's much of anything there, but, you know, I, sure. I mean, I guess. I, I think it's going back to there's not a lot to be had. Oh, Paul, really? It start, it's starting to – now, this is the problem. I can't tell if he's making the face because he's trying to get me to, to be merciful and say he can he can bail. Or no, or this if is this is torture. You're gonna have to go at least a little bit more. No, no I'm not asking you to make me stop. I'm not asking yeah. you to let me stop. I'm not. I'm a man. Right. I'm gonna man up and when do it, this. When it feels like we've all been there. When it feels like like you, the next bite will be your death. Then we stop. My, you know your body better than my, I know your body. My tongue just has a layer of See, mustardy that, watermelon. That on. part is unpleasant, but not death. When it feels like I I was supposed to eat a pound of bull balls, I physically could not do it. Like I physically How much could is not one get bull ball way. Uh, not as much as you'd think, right? Given the size of a bull, yeah. like a pound of bull balls was was it was insane. It was a giant effing like mound of bull balls. I did everything in my power to eat as much as I could, and then I just reached a point during that I was like I physically cannot That's do this. That's something where I think if I bit into it, I'd probably... Oh, it definitely was that. Bite. Yes, it was that. Were they like, at least fried? Yeah, I mean, they were air fried. My, our buddy uh, Tim from Bel Air air fried yeah, them for me. You gotta deep fry those things. Uh, he, he put them in the air fryer. That was the route that they went. And then throw out that deep fryer. Yeah, right? Never use it again, 100%. <laughs> um, I get it. At some point, your, your body will tell you, that's it. I physically am not capable of eating anything more. And when it does, I will respect you as a competitor... As a man, and I will say I get it. I will also tell you, I screwed up. And the day I did the peanut butter sandwiches, I held it all together. And then about 45 minutes after the show, they all went right into a toilet over there. I'm just saying I would prefer it for the sake of the show. If that moment comes, that you don't, that you, you do it right here. That the puking happens right here with the trash can next to you. I let everybody down because I went, I, it was literally sat here for a little bit after the show, conversed, and then said, I need to excuse myself and went into that bathroom and things happened. If that's going to occur, I merely ask that you do it. The one by the elevator? Yes, that was the bathroom. That I, I was hoping to. that maybe there's a bathroom right here that I didn't know about, so I have to stop running all the way out there. And then no, no, I assure you, there's one That'd bathroom. pretty sweet. Press no, box needs a bathroom. It's not in happening. Here. There's one bathroom. It's right there. Maybe the new location will have a, a closer bathroom. I don't know what to tell you. But if, I'm just saying if it's going to occur, I simply ask that it occur here in the studio where everybody yeah. can see it and witness it. You stand and, up, giggling, holding a microphone yeah, next to my face. I'll, I'll hold your hair for you and everything. I'll, do, I'll treat you exactly like I treated Mrs. Clark the night of your wedding. <laughs> well, well, not exactly. Just leave like me it. lying here because yeah. I don't want to go. I will let her pass. I'll let you pass out on the bathroom floor. I'm happy here. Okay, Mrs. Clark, enjoy your evening. I'll be in watching the game. <laughs> let me know if there's anything more I can do for you. I am not going to fight you about this. You want to sleep on the floor of the bathroom? You may. No issue whatsoever. Mrs. Clark had herself an evening at the, the, the Valley's wedding. She, she uh, 
She had herself about five or six evenings at the Valley's wedding, as it turns out. All right. Um, today's show also brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now and does have Adley Rutschman on the cover. Go find it at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you read or find Pressbox or read it all, pressboxonline.com. One other thing this morning, uh, an actual reporter down in New Orleans named Nick Underhill is saying that the Saints-Ravens game will be a Monday night game. Um which I only care about because, as I told you guys yesterday, I'm planning on taking Mrs. Clark to that game, and that's that's sort of inconvenient for us. But, um, you know, hey, maybe we can make a long weekend down in New Orleans out of it. But uh, that's the deal. Uh, Ravens, Saints, uh, according to an actual reporter down in New Orleans named Rick uh, Nick Underhill, will be a Monday night football game. He reports for WWL-TV. All right, had to do this um, a little bit earlier because of uh, he's filming. He's got a filming schedule, but I had a really great opportunity, and it ended up being a lengthy conversation that I had with the man that you knew as Poot uh, from The Wire. He was one of the only characters that survived the drug trade, and now he's back on We Own This City on HBO as Gordon Hawk. He is Trey Chaney, and he's with us now here on GCR. Well, you know, we've been talking a lot about we own this city over the last couple of weeks. You guys are watching it every Monday night on HBO. And, man, I'm really excited about this, dude, because joining us now, once upon a time, you knew this man as Poot, and now (laughs) you see him as Gordon Hawk on We Own This City. It's so cool that Trey Chaney is with us here on GCR. Trey, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's so good to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, Glenn, thank you, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm excited to, to be on. You know, we, this has been, we've been planning this for a long time now. So to finally be on, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited I, and go ahead. I, well, I know you're busy filming. I know how this works. <laughs> like, you know, Josh is one of my best friends, man. And even he, it was like trying to nail down the time. I'm like, I yeah, get Josh Charles, man. Shout out to Josh Charles, man. That's, that's my brother. We, we had so much fun at the New York premiere of We Own This City. It was crazy. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's so cool. Trey, dude, just take me through. I, I talked to uh, Delaney about this a couple weeks ago. Right. Be, being yeah. back 20 years later, and I guess yeah. for you, because you were in every season, it wasn't, maybe it was more like 15 years later, but being yeah. back all this time later, working with David, working with some yeah. of these guys that you've known, how do you describe what that experience was like for you being back here in Baltimore to film this? Man, it was it was it was a full circle moment for 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 me and all of us, you know, from David Simon to George Pelicanos, Nina Noble, Ed Burns. I mean, the same team that the reason why I'm here today, you know, like being discovered on the wire. And God, man, it, it was just a surreal moment for me because a lot of people don't know. I kept in touch with David Simon for the last 20 years. Wow. You know, even during the wire, once the wire ended, you know, you know, every now and then you'll shoot him a text or email uh, around holidays, birthdays, or, you know, just to check on the family. And he always, he kept his word. You know, he always said, look, when something comes up, when I got the right thing, I'm going to call you. And you know, just me going on about my business still, you know, being in this business, doing other projects like Saints and Sinners and mm-hmm. On Bounce TV and, you know, Streets with Meek Mill and my own documentary, Undeniable. He he called 20 years later with the same wire crew and he's like, look, 
we got this project. We own this city. Um, totally different role for you. Yeah. You'll be playing yeah. this police officer, <laughs> Gordon Hawk. <laughs> You'll be playing this police officer, Gordon Hawk. And he's he's with the Harford County Narcotics Task Force. And I'm like, this is the perfect role for me, right? So um, Dre Severino, a, a detective out there in Baltimore, I just remember, man, you know, being on set, going through all of the training, walking like a police officer, knowing wow. how to wear the badge, where wow. to put the gun. Even that scene that you seen me when I had to slide under the, the truck and put the tracker under yep. it, that was like real choreography, you know, and, and my back was hurting for like a, a week <laughs> after that because I had to do it like 50 times, oh. right? Oh, and legitimately but, on asphalt. Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. But it was it, it was amazing, man. And then just this story of, you know, the Baltimore Police Department um, gun trace task force. You know, when you think about police, this was the worst unit in policing history, because, you know, when you think about police, you know, being there for the community um, and really just protecting the people and solving crimes and they were doing a total opposite. You know, they were using their power and authority to mistreat people from corruption to planting drugs on you to, to robbing. And I mean, anything you could think of that was negative. And it just goes to show, man, you know, that that stuff doesn't continue long. Whatever is whatever you're doing in the dark will be brought to light. My character, Gordon Hulk, was like I said, on the Harford County Narcotics Task Force. He was the assistant to Officer McDougal. David McDougal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> McDougal. And um. You know, we just solving drug overdose cases, drug cases, and we were kind of like the probe that set the gun trace task force in motion. Because as you can see with the tracking and everything that was going on with the tracking, you know, once that went under the 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 truck, it was another tracker. You know, we like our own people tracking these drug dealers so they could rob them, but we trying to solve cases. So it, it's just a, it's an amazing story. It was real. Um, it was a it's a heavy story. Big so, you know, they had to they had time. to have that. Yeah, most definitely. They had to have therapists on set, you know, for different scenes. And um, we had to, like, talk to these therapists on Zoom because, you know, as you can see, even it's all the way up to the third episode now. Some of the things that you that you see that they were doing to people, it can really mess with you mentally. You know what I'm saying? So and then even filming in Baltimore, every time, like, say if I would catch an Uber somewhere and the Uber driver would recognize who I was and yeah. knew I was filming, this guy would say, hey, I experienced that with Wayne Jenkins. Like he planted drugs on me. He locked me up or any of those cops, you know. So this was a sensitive subject shooting in Baltimore. You know, people really that went through it. We met them. Yo, oh, that is wild, man. Trey, Trey Cheney is with us, of course, and we own this city. Trey, yeah. you know, it's, I'm hearing something in there because obviously the story about the GTTF covers yeah. these are these were monsters. I mean, these were evil people, right? You, right. You played a cop who yeah. did, who did his job and helped take down monsters who happened to be cops, and yeah. it, it is a complicated conversation. I'm certainly, I'm sure for you as a black man, it's an incredibly complicated conversation about the relationship with police and yeah. terrible things that have happened. 
How do you deal with all of that and, and reconcile the entirety of that conversation, which comes yeah. to light, obviously, in a big way during the course of this show? Well, you know, the, the unfortunate part that you that you just mentioned about it is we're talking about the monsters and we're talking about the worst unit in police history, right. which overshadows the good cops. Right. And that's the that's the touchy subject this that we're still dealing with to this day. It's a lot of great cops out of here, but out, out in this world. But from, you know, our experiences being black men and, you know, police brutality and getting pulled over for no reason. If you're driving a nice vehicle, you know, you're getting your car searched. I mean, this is the type of stuff that we got to got to face. And, you know, a lot of that plays into racism. It plays into racism. It plays into, you know, um, the, the mistreatment that we all face in this country today. But this type of conversation is like the, nav the navigating, you know, and, and seeing, OK, you got the problem. We're, we're too old and too grown. We should know right from wrong. We should know how to treat people. But at the same time, with a with a, a subject like this and a show like We Own a City, it's, you know, bringing up this type of dialogue. And hopefully, you know, we, it could bring change. I know speaking to David Simon while we were on set, you know, it's it seems like 20 years ago with The Wire and then 20 years later, things seem to have gotten worse. You know, the, with mass incarceration, the war on drugs, mm -hmm. the, you know, corrupt police officers. But still, we're trying to bring about some type of change by sparking this, you know, intense, heavy dialogue. Trey, one of the things I told yeah, Justin's book, of course, was what sparked. I mean, I guess the, yeah. sto the story itself started this, the GTTF. Then Justin's book is what led to the show. And I remember saying to Justin, the subtext to me in reading mm -hmm. the book was it demanded a question of you, the reader, which is how corruptible are you? Because yeah. for me, it was easy to separate. Hey, Wayne Jenkins is a monster. I mean, like just a, although you'll talk to people and say, well, actually, even he was was kind of a sweet person <laughs> at times. Right. Like, right, but, right. But I can see he's a monster. Then you see all of the, the rest of the GTTF and you're like, I don't know if they were evil or if they were just easily corruptible once they were given power. As you got into this story, as you, I'm, I'm sure you read the book and then read the script. Right. Did you find yourself asking yourself any of those same questions? Like, hey, if I had been in a different path in life, like, would I have been <laughs> yeah. corruptible? You know, if I had been given some power. Yeah, it's um, it it's it's under it falls under the the title leadership, man. I mean, because when you think about Wayne Jenkins, it started from somebody before him, mm -hmm. you know? So it, mm -hmm. it's almost like a trickle effect. It was passed down to him and it does make, make you question yourself like, well, wow. What if, what if I was on his team? What if I was a part of the gun trace task force? What? And I was forced to almost like, Hey, take the money. Yep. This is the way it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And are, don't are, are, you, are you one of us or not? Are you part of the brotherhood or not? Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that's a lot of pressure, right? You know, that's a lot of pressure. So it's, it's, it's a question that, that definitely comes up that you got to think about. And, but at the same time, it, it just takes me back to, it's a shame that good police officers don't get the, the, the media highlight. You know, we're talking about the corruptness of policing and, and that's not how this is supposed to go. Like I said in the beginning, if you ask a little kid right now, well, I can't really say right now because things are just out of control. But 
you know, if you ask a kid like, hey, you know, is a police officer supposed to save lives? Are they supposed to protect the community? Uh, you know, they're going to say, yes, yeah. some some kids say they want to be police officers because of the example good police officers set. So it's like, man, I'm just I'm happy to be a part of a show that does expose what went on and how we can try to get past this. He is Trey Chaney. Again, he is in uh, We Own This City every Monday night on HBO. He's going to tell us about some of his other projects here in a second. Trey, yeah. I, I, I've kind of described this as like in The Wire, Baltimore was, the, I don't know, like the show. Baltimore was a character, if you will, within yeah. the show. This to me is more that Baltimore is the setting this time around, right? Not not right. a character because I feel like this this story could have played out anywhere and frankly probably has played out in a lot of other cities, right? And I yeah, don't... I I agree with that. You know, um like you said Baltimore was sort of like the character, but that we own this city is it's the whole in, entire world yeah. if you think about it. You know, because everyone even in that, even in the city of Baltimore, was affected, and that's the that's the the tough part. You know, I mean, this was everybody affected as a whole, not just the cast members. You know, not just the producers and the writers, Justin Fenton and everybody who wrote it. This this was this was a huge major impact on everybody that had to go through through this turmoil in in, in that city. Trey, your relationship with Baltimore over the years, I'm sure wherever you go, mm -hmm. I have no doubt, even though, you know, you were a little more baby face back then, like, <laughs> I, yeah. I have no doubt that you still have humans that come up to you and call you poot everywhere you are, right? And I know you play into it Glenn, on social media. Let me, let me tell you something. It's not a day yeah. that goes past mm -hmm. that I don't walk, step foot outside of my house that I don't get recognized for poop on the wire. It. I believe it, it. It's it's not a day that goes past. Like literally, and I'm saying it's 20 years later, you know, and it's it is an incredible feeling because I'm like, wow, I, I didn't know what I was a part of when I was cast on the wire as poop. That was my first audition ever. That was the first job I had ever booked as an actor. First, out the gate. And now I'm sitting here speaking to you 20 years later saying, hey, you know, The Wire is the most groundbreaking, critically acclaimed show of all time. And now I'm back with the same team on another historical yep. project. A, one, I mean, a wonderful piece of art, like a, a phenomenal oh, yeah. piece of art. Because we own this city is going to get talked about for the next 20 years, too. I mean, it just it, David. One thing about David Simon, he doesn't miss. And it's 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 almost like to have that level of talent and passion for writing, you got to bring in George Pelicanos, mm -hmm. Nina Noble, Ed Burns, and then our amazing director, Renardo Marcus Green, who directed King Richard. He directs all six episodes of a David Simon project, <laughs> HBO, HBO Max. It's like. It ain't no losing yep. this. <laughs> like, yep. I mean, that's a crew. You, you're going to. That's a yeah, crew. You're gonna, you're going to see, yeah, that that's a real crew. And and I mean, just being on set with them and watching how humble these guys are. Like, and, you know, they're passionate about what they do. And, and they're just such nice human beings. You're like, 
wait a minute, I'm 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 eating lunch with David Simon. Like what? Yeah. You know what is this? Like what? I mean, he created the wire. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like Trey. How long was it? You know, you reference you didn't know when you booked it at first, but like it. We go back to 06, and it what the yeah. wire in 06 even was not what it became, say, five years later. That's true. When did That's you realize? Like, when was the moment where it hit you? Like, we didn't make a, a good TV show that ran for a few years that people like. Like, when did it hit you? Like, my God, we created an iconic, eternal piece <laughs> of pop culture. Man, Man um, okay, premiered in 2002. Okay, so... 2000 i really got to say when it ended in 2008 yeah. okay because because it's almost like that effect that hbo and hbo max has now where they run this thing when you least expect it people are, are calling me now saying trey i just watched the wire and i'm i'm like it's 2022 right. what right they're like yeah i just watched all five seasons of the wire it's the most ground, it's the most critically acclaimed show I've ever. And I'm like, it, it I'm gonna tell you, Glenn, it hits me at certain moments. Yeah. It hits it, it hit me in 2008 when it ended. It hit me again in 2010 when it was over and done with, and people were watching marathons and or having wire still having wire parties. I, I believe everyone during the pandemic went back and rewatched from start to finish. I, I they said I know I was among them. Yeah, I was too, you know, and a lot of people laugh when it, when I say that, but, you know, with sometimes when you're in a project, when sure. you're in it, you don't really see what everybody else sees because you're in it. Yep. I had to step out of Trey Chaney. I had to step out of poop from the wire and watch what the world was praising and watching all five seasons, even watching some of my, my scenes, memorable scenes. And, you know, watching people like Itris Elba and Michael B. Jordan and, the, you know, the, the, rest in peace to Michael, Michael K. K. Oh, God, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a real touchy subject for me, Michael K. Williams, because he was so supportive of my career. Wow. wow. Um, he wanted to really see me win, you know. And I, we would have talks, you know, three weeks before Michael actually passed. I, I had spoke to him about us putting something together. Like I wanted to book him on something that I was doing. And it was, it was just a sad day, September 6th of 2021 last year. Jesus. Yeah. I, it Jesus killed us, man. Jesus. Yeah. I, look, man, I only had a few conversations with Michael K over the years, bro, but the power that that man could convey, you yeah. know, ju just in a, I mean, in, by, by putting his hand on your shoulders, my, my God, it felt like you were talking to a giant, bro. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. And, oh. and and I really um I mean, you know, even with the success of We Own This City and and the wire 20 year anniversary coming up, it's like I just I wish I wish he was here, man. Like I mean, but he's here in the the his energy is here. He's not here in the physical form, but you can feel his energy and it's um it, you know, we, we all go way back. You go way back with us. I mean, you know, from day one. So it's like, yo, but all we can keep on doing is pressing on and, and we can, you know, just keep on delivering powerful work and to, to honor his name, you know, because that's what he wanted, you know? Yep. Yep.
he was an artist, bro. He was he was yeah. truly an artist. Trey, I, I mean, bro, we could do this for an hour and a half. Um, I know, <laughs> I know you're filming. Let's talk yeah. about what you got going on. Let's talk about okay. everything you have that you're working on and anything we can plug for you, social media, anything like yeah. that. Yeah. My new project, We Need to Talk, is um coming out May 13th on all digital streaming platforms. Uh it's a it's a video gamer film. I play a video gamer okay. named Tango Unchained and James Maslow from Big Time Rush. Yeah, James Maslow from Big Time Rush is the, the star of it. It's about a, a YouTuber named Scott who is a famous YouTuber, but he's trying to, you know, separate the lifestyle of being a YouTube gamer versus the real life and, you know, spending time with his family and friends. And I'm one of the friends on a video game all day. Todd Wolf, who's a good friend of mine out of Philadelphia, wrote it, directed it. It's going to be huge. Um, Undeniable, the Trey Cheney story is on Tubi right now oh i haven't watched um, that yet and i'm going to holy yeah God. please do man undeniable to trey cheney story it speaks about it captures when i first got casted for the wire what led up to that but when the wire ended in 2008 hollywood they didn't call my phone i just wasn't booking jobs so i i made it a point to get out in the streets of washington dc which is where i'm from yep. And started selling my own merchandise out of the trunk of my car and built the fan base. You know, to this day, like, talks about how I got on Saints and Sinners on Bounce TV, which is still one of my other projects. Saints and Sinners is the number one show on Bounce. I play Kendrick Murphy. We're in our sixth season. You know, so every Sunday at 8 o'clock on Bounce, you can check it out. And all five seasons are on Hulu as well. You know, so, um, yeah, man, undeniable and... I put an I put another film on too because Six Hearts One Beat about me falling in love with a young lady with four kids and that's doing well. So awesome, just staying busy. That's then my awesome. music career, I'm dropping a video like once a month. Must be <laughs> it must be nice to have a talent, bro. It must be nice <laughs> to be talented, man. Yeah, I'm just juggling, man. I'm you know what? But you know what? I take that back. I'm not juggling. I'm I'm balancing it all. That's awesome. You know because the entertainment business is one thing, but then being married. You know, to my wife, Aisha, going on 18 years, two kids, a granddaughter, the family life is separate, you know? So I'm just, I've, I've been good at navigating through balancing. And when I do my work, I give it a thousand percent. When I come home, take this hat off. I'm a husband. I'm a father, grandfather. I'm like, okay, it's family time now, oh, you know? So yeah, man, it just, it just feels good to talk to you, though, Glenn, because I'm, I'm, you're, you're taking me back. 25 years I've been in this business, and a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't make it in this business, man, because it's it's hard. But if you can focus on being committed to the process without getting emotionally attached to the end result, which is whatever reward you think, and just really do the work, that that's been my whole motto. My head is down. I'm skating. Tunnel vision. I'm going to get it. Trey, I got to tell you, man, we, this city has had a complicated relationship with The Wire in particular over the years. I, yeah. I have always found it. And look, man, I've lost homies like to the streets. I have like I've, I feel you. You know, I'm, I'm a white man, but I have the, the drug game has spread across yeah. everybody in this area. And what I'll tell you is I am grateful for the art that that you all have connected that our city is connected that now w originally one incredible piece of art and now 
another incredible piece of art. It means a lot. There's a lot of cities in this country that will never be connected to such yeah. phenomenal pieces of art. So do they show our, do they show our warts? Absolutely. But every city's got warts. And I'm grateful yeah. that, that you and everybody involved has helped tell our city's warts and our stories um, through such beautiful art, man. It, it's it's yeah. really powerful to me. And that's a that's a huge point, man, because Baltimore, that's 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 my second home. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Baltimore, Baltimore City is what made made me who I am. You know, if it wasn't for the wire, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been out here. Mm-hmm. You know, that y'all gave me my start and Every time I come to Baltimore, it's love. Like, I mean, real genuine love. I got family members out there, you know? So, you know, just having a key to be able to pull up in the city anytime I want and, and hang out, you know, and, and really embrace the culture. You know what I'm saying? Baltimore is so funny because Rob Brown, who plays on We Own the City, he described it as, as, as nice and it's tough. Or, or he said it's kind and it's tough. Wow. One of those he said, because it's both. Yep. You know, you're going you're yep. to get it all yep. when you come to be more. <laughs> I, 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 I'm grateful. I'm grateful, brother. I'm grateful for this conversation. I'm happy yeah. for you for your success. Three more weeks of uh, We Own This City, Monday nights on HBO. Trey yeah. Chaney, I I, I want to do this again. We're gonna we're gonna try to do a 20th anniversary celebration here in a couple yeah. months. Yeah, I'm I'm down. You know I'm down for that, Glenn. I and I want people that. to follow me right now, man. On Instagram, it's Trey Chaney Vision. That's T R A Y C H A N E Y V I S I O N. And the Twitter is at Trey Chaney. T R A Y C H A N E Y. And then ChaneyWay.com is my website. I'm on Facebook. Trey Poop Cheney. I had to put the poot in there because, you know, <laughs> the wire and then Trey Cheney. <laughs> but yeah, man, just, you know, y'all can look me up. I'm all over, man, because I'm, I'm out here. I'm working. I'm out here just staying consistent and staying determined to just follow my dreams. And that's it. Happy for you, man. Trey Cheney, thank you so much for taking Thank you, brother. Us, brother. There he is, Trey Cheney, uh, checking in with us here on GCR. So let's check in with Paul, who, um, it doesn't seem to be doing so well. This is um, this is awful. <laughs> this is absolutely awful. Like I'm cutting pieces in half because I can't. I I just I can't eat that much in one bite anymore. Uh-huh. My tongue just feels like like I want to just spit. Yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. Um, it's like like I said. You can you can take a look. This has become soup. It's mostly soup. At this point, you do seem like you've made some serious progress, though. You do seem like you're yeah, like I'm you're... basically to the bottom of the watermelon. Yeah, and it's um, it can't come soon enough. <laughs> I do like that you're trying to push through. I do appreciate that. I respect that about you as a man that you're doing everything in your power to push through. As Paul's trying to finish his watermelon, I'm 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 waiting for my body to just uh to just shut down on me. Later today, from all the salt. Again, again this is where I'm trusting you to know your body. All right, you know when you're at that point where it's just no moss. It's Roberto Duran up in here. All right. I did gag a, 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 about a minute and a half. I don't know the ago. gagging alone because I gagged a lot while I was doing the peanut yeah. butter sandwiches. I I don't know the gagging alone is the moment. It's when you know that your body will legitimately reject another bite of food. When I gagged, that's... And, and, no, and like we'll shut like an organ might be shutting down. 
I'm not going that far. But that's what I'm saying. I, you, I want you to push it right up into the part where it's going to end up being problematic. Again, I mean, I'm thinking about I don't want a lawsuit. That's what I'm concerned about. If, if I'm, I'm going to try and show this on camera here. Yes. What this looks like and, uh-huh. is, and how unappetizing this thing Well, it looks. didn't start l- by being appetizing. It wasn't appetizing at the beginning. Look at this. It's just less appetizing now. From it's a distance, it looks and... like a bowl of like mango salsa. It Kinda. is not. Kind of does. It is not Kinda mango does. salsa. It is watermelon Aye. watermelon right. mustard soup. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, that, that NFL schedule leak Twitter account that you guys were getting all your information from just admitted today that they were making it up all along as an experiment. Now, I don't think th- – there's the secondary part where we see things like that and, like, people try to give trolls credit. Like, ah, this was a good one. It does, nobody deserves credit for this. Like, this is not a skill – this is just stupid. It's a statement about our society that somebody had the time to do it. Wait, wait, wait. This this Twitter account or what I'm doing right now? Well, that's also stupid. Yes, they're both and stupid. A statement about our yeah, society. Yeah, it's also a statement about our society that people actually eat watermelon or mustard watermelon. Soup. Uh, soup. I don't know if they eat mustard watermelon soup. Although I've had watermelon soup. It is wonderful. Oh, God, it is delicious. Not if it tastes like this. Well, no, not with mustard. Um. It, I, that's the only thing I had with it. There's some, there was some, the guy that like started the Hollywood Browns going to retire and go into video games, like wanted credit for it. Like he had accomplished something. The, the, you're not doing anything. You're not clever. You're not pulling off a hilarious prank. You're not Ashton Kutcher doing punked. You're someone who has a lot of time on their hands. And God bless, that doesn't make you evil. You shouldn't go to jail. But you're not, you don't have a skill, you don't have a talent. If you could use it for some sort of inherent value, like people who use pranks, uh, the impractical jokers have done well with their lives. You pulled off an internet troll. Now what? What is the value of that? Now you just go somewhere and die. Yeah, I mean, that's... Boy, you sound like you sound like a man who's thinking about your own reality at the moment. Yeah. That's what you sound like. But that's it. Like, now it's just over. So what did you get out of it? That's the these people don't deserve credit. Yes, it's embarrassing that other people will just share this stuff without doing even a modicum of thought into it. And it's a, a, an incredible statement about how awful this place is and how wretched Twitter is. But man, you know, like what 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 are you doing with your life that you're taking the time to? Try this. Anyway, that's that's my not a sermon, just a thought. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, well, there's that. All right, when we come back in, Paul's going to sing, if he can still get through the words, and then we'll have a tidbit. We'll have two of to wind down. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxonline. Sports, or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. You use this as a walk-up song, really? Like, you really did this. This is a real thing. There was a point where I didn't hate it. I, oh, sorry. Sorry. I, started firing a little. Uh, like a itchy on the trigger finger there. Um, there's a point when I did. I, I don't hate Imagine Dragons. A lot of people think they're, they're douchey. Um, I don't hate them. I mean, they, they became, when they first came out, they made some decent songs. Eh, okay songs. And then they kind of became like an industry plant. Like, whatever the industry seems to be doing, we'll just make things that are formulaic, that appear to work, that will get us, like, commercials and things along those lines. I think they're, 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 they're entirely a nothing to me. Although, ironically, I don't think this song is awful other than the thunder. Thunder! Will you that do that part? Wretched. Uh, I will try to, but I would prefer if you did it all. Frankly, I would prefer if you did all of it. Um, my children, however, oh, they adore this song. They love it. So we would go on. I've, I've got a karaoke version. No, 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 no. no. We don't, we don't, we don't, we're just gonna play the song in the background. All you right. have the lyrics up. That's the way it's gonna all go. Right. All right. Um. My children would ask every time we go on a hike. They'd be like, "Let's listen to Thunder." I'd be like, "Oh, God's all right, fine." And I play it, and then they'd ask me to play it again. And I'd say, "I want to blow my brains out." Paul, as he's uh, working his way, what what are you trying to do? You're, you're trying to be like a stage performer. <laughs> Welcome into the Paul Valley Lounge. Now, you're the um, here's uh, you got the lyrics up. You good? Because yeah. you got to come out firing. As soon as I hit play, it starts with the first line of the song. 
All right. H- hang on. I got to get this smaller because it's not completely on the screen. Well, you can also scroll. Yeah. You know, these are these are Okay. Glad glad we glad we worked all this out <laughs> the pre-show meeting. Here we go. Perform the uh, classic <coughs> Thunder by Imagine Dragons. <coughs> Easy. Easy. Are you going to puke? I'm good. You sure? I'm sure. All right. Here it is. And you you know, you start immediately, right? As soon as I hit play. Here's Paul Valley. With a quick fuse, I was uptight, want to let loose. I was dreaming of bigger things and want to leave my own life behind. Not a yes, sir, not a follower. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. 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 (laughs) Thunder. 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 Thunder, th- the thunder, thunder, feel the thunder, lightning and the thunder, 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 feel the thunder, lightning and the thunder, thunder. There's more thunder. They yeah. say thunder a lot. A lot of thunder. Kids were laughing in my classes while I was screaming. For the masses, who do you think you are? Oh, beautiful. Dreaming about being a big star. They say you're basic. They say you're easy. You're always riding in the backseat. Now I'm smiling from the stage while you were clapping in the nosebleeds. I'm not doing the Yeah, do it. It's part of the song. (laughs) I can't keep up with it. You just say thunder a lot, jerk. Thunder. 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 Thunder, feel the thunder, lightning and the thunder, thunder, feel the thunder, lightning and the thunder, thunder. Oh my God! The rest of the song is nothing but thunder. Yes, it's a lot of thunder. They say this it is lot. ridiculous. It's, such, it's so beautifully written. It's the songwriting that really gets me about this particular tune. That's what I love it the most. Haven't the people had enough? Come on, bring it home. <laughs> Hands in the air. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder, thunder, thunder. Feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder, thunder, thunder. Feel the thunder. Lightning, <laughs> thunder, thunder, lightning. You just got to keep doing it. You Keep singing. <laughs> Do it! I can't tell where they are. Just say thunder! Thunder! Feel the thunder! Thunder, thunder! Thunder, thunder! Alright, fine. God! Who are you? I would have been able There's to keep going. There's one lyric! There's one lyric! Thunder, thunder! That's it! That's all they say! That's it! That's literally the only oh, lyric man. in the entire song. It's the songwriting. Literally, they're much like Bob Dylan, where the, th- the, I... the, the, the chorus of the song, Thunder, Feel the Thunder... Lightning, Lightning and, and the, the thunder. thunder. I was totally. driving home from this show yesterday, and an REM song came on, and I realized that it was the same verse, just over and over and over again. What song was it? Oh my gosh! Now I can't think of it. Um, he says fire, fire. Um, oh my gosh, that's a REM. REM. And it, it's literally just... Oh, uh, this one goes out to the one I love. Yes. Like. This one, one goes out to the one I love. Ah. 
The entire song is this one goes out to the one I love. This one goes out to the one I left behind. A simple thought. A simple prop to occupy my time. Simple prop to occupy my time. This one goes out to the one I love. And that's all he sings. At one point, he says a simple prop. He changes a simple prop to occupy my time. He switches up one word. But the entire song is that entire verse. I, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but it's probably true. I was listening to a lot yesterday. They're no like, Imagine Dragons, those REM. They're n- they're not quite like the the lyricists of our time. Or the Justin Bieber's baby, 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 right. oh, oh baby, like, baby, 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 no. Well, but I thought you'd always be mine. That's the way it was gonna go. All right, uh, very good. Thank you, Paul. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by Simply the Bets. Uh, if you missed it this week, we had Simply the Bets on Tuesday to try to help you get set for a week of betting. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel every Tuesday at 11.40 a.m. and next Thursday, the return of weekend at Bookies at 11.40 a.m. as well. What you got? All right. Hang on just a split second. I don't know why you would be distracted. All I don't right. understand that at all. So Jorge Mateo has been a bit of a revelation for the Orioles since they claimed him off waivers last season from the Padres. He had 280 in 32 games for the O's last season before his season was cut short by a back injury. This season, the average is a bit lower, but his defense has gotten better every day, and the speed has been on full display as he is second in the majors with nine steals, and he legged out a double on a grounder off a diving infielder's glove that trickled into shallow center the other night. Yet, despite the daily display of speed, Mateo only ranks fifth in the league in sprint speed. So I'm going to give you an option here. A couple of options. So you can either... (laughs) If it's about news, the fastest player, I don't know. You can either name the rest of the top ten... Or you can try to name as many of the twenty-three players aside from uh, twenty-two players aside from Jorge Mateo that have a sprint speed of twenty-nine feet per second or higher. Like currently, currently There's this no, season, I'm not. This is not. This, this will not be a thing that I do well at. So we, whatever it is that we do, what, what's the smaller number? Because I don't want to spend a lot of time on uh, this. The, the top ten. I'm going to fail miserably. I'm going to guess that Byron Buxton is on the list. He is not. Okay, then I might not get in. He's in the top twenty-three. He's not in the top. Oh, he's not in the top ten. Uh, I I might not get a single one of them. Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, are they stars? Are these players that I should know? Um, one's a rookie. One's supposed to be a star. Who's a rookie? Like last year, it, he he's played in each of the last three seasons, but he's not what he was supposed to be yet. Um, one is a certifiable star. Trey Turner. Trey Turner is a number tied for second with thirty point one feet okay. per second. Uh, I'm not. I'm really not sure that I'm going to get anybody else. On the Orioles list. are playing this guy right now. Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill. Okay. He is eighth. Okay. I. The Orioles just played this guy the series before this one. Whit Merrifield? Uh, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I barely remember who else was playing for Kansas City. It was such a weird series. I barely remember who else was even on the team. He's a rookie. He's a ro- oh, then I, there's almost no chance. Uh, he's Come a on. R- rookie. Oh, Bobby Witt? Bobby Witt really? Jr. is number one in baseball, 30.4 feet per second. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew he was toolsy, but I didn't know that. Genuinely didn't know that. Another guy is a rookie who started slow, but his bats really come on recently. Started slow, his bats come on recently. I mean, Julio? Julio Rodriguez, okay. 29.8. 
Uh, I, all right. I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm tapped. Yeah. Um, all right. So you got Eli White at 30.1. Oh, Jose Siri at 29.9. I don't know that I know who, who Matt, Jose Siri is. Who is Matt, he? Uh, I, uh, he plays for Houston. Okay. Um, Matt Veerling at 29.8. He plays for the Phillies. Okay. Uh, Joe Adele was the guy I was alluding to. He oh, plays for the Angels. Okay. All right. Bradley Zimmer for the Blue Jays. Uh, in fairness, I didn't know Joe Adele was that fast either. I didn't know he was that fast yeah. either. Who's, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Bradley Zimmer for the Blue Jays. Uh, Mike Trout. Is uh, I guess I could have guessed tied that. for eleventh. Oh, he's not on the list. Twenty nine point five, right. and Ahmed, Ros- uh, Ahmed Rosario is twenty nine point five. All right, here's what's coming up. Uh, totally too. Be- oh, by the way, tidbit was also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. It's the place to be for all of the big events. Sixty one self service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook for you to get your bets in. Whether it's the UF, you wait. Oh my God, talk, dummy. Here, <clears throat> hi, I'm Glenn. And I think if you want somewhere to go watch the UEFA Champions League final, the place to be would be the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland because they have 61 self-service kiosks where you can get your bets in. And they're open 24-7. And if you want to guarantee your spot for an event like the UEFA Champions League final or any of the playoff games or the PGA Championship final round or perhaps the Gervonta Davis-Rolando Romero fight, then you can email events at sportssocialmd.com. That was a straight read. Jesus Christ. I didn't have the Glenn Clark touch The problem is I, it's 1227, so I'm trying to speed up and get out of here, and then I start, my my mouth moves faster than my brain. Hurt. Not great. Not ideal. Here's what's coming up tonight, Totally Tubular-wise. Totally Tubular is brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good, bpdrecruit.org. The whatever schedule we don't know. By the way, uh, our buddy Barstool Banks says he's now here and the Thanksgiving thing is not legit. So, I don't know. You'll know tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, it's on all the networks. I will not be watching. Mass and two, Orioles Cardinals this afternoon. Uh, Birds, do, I mean, they're going with the bullpen game, but do we know who the first one Brian is? Brian Baker is starting. Brian Baker. And I'm sure Keegan Aiken will come in after that, him. Everybody was saying that Keegan Aiken was going to pitch today. Uh, against Jordan Hicks. That's the pitching matchup for today. Mets Nationals at one on Masson. By the way, the Orioles game, of course, on uh, Masson two. Mets Nationals on Masson. And also, if you happen to be, yeah, who cares? MLB Network's got Astros Twins at one. Yankees White Sox at eight. As we mentioned earlier, MLB TV for the Norfolk Tides and the Memphis Cardinals right Right now, it's a free broadcast you can watch. ESPN Heat Sixers Game 6 at 7 as Miami tries to close out that series on the road. Suns Mavericks Game 6 at 9.30 as Phoenix tries to close that series out on the road. TNT Hurricanes Bruins Game 6 at 7. Wild Blues Game 6 at 9.30. TBS Maple Leafs Lightning Game 6 at 7.30. Oilers Kings Game 6 at 10. By the way, not a great night for the Washington Capitals blowing a 3-0 lead. Yeah, Yuck. they're done. Uh, USA for Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal at 245. Golf Channel, round one of the Byron Nelson at four. Uh, wrestling on whatever, that's fine. Uh, non-sports highlights. Uh, yeah, Post Malone and your favorite band, or at least SNL's favorite band, Arcade Fire, going to mm. be on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon that's tonight. So overwhelming. Uh, you have Mavericks. It's a Netflix comedy, and S- Mavericks with an X, by the way, and Savage Company uh, so. premiering, or Savage Beauty, excuse me, premiering on Netflix and on HBO Max. Hacks Max original season, uh, season two premiere, and Who's by Your Side? It's a Max original season one premiere. If you say so. All right, very good. Thanks today to. 
Uh, Mike Bordick, thanks also to Trey Cheney, as well as to Gerard Cherry from out in Cleveland. We'll get all of that up in Paul's vocal stylings in the greatest hits section of the archives. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Hell of an effort today from you paying off your bet. Well done. <sighs> Two bites off. Oh, yeah? You're going to finish it? Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Scrape the walls. Um, That's what she said. Coming up tomorrow, uh, we're going to... Was it? <laughs> Was it, though? <laughs> It doesn't. DL Hall is going to join us. Andrew Steck will be here. He'll be paying off his penance. Uh, the intern's final day. We're going to have a fun day tomorrow uh, on GCR. Looking forward to that. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow uh, Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Thanks to him. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.